in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but... I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the under card I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left on a lot so funny this is the boxing people talk about most of said the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. <laughs> I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. And absolutely what's happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live Rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will there you go. Uh, what's up, everybody? That was the new intro for the show. I hope everybody liked it. Thank you, so Will sick. Osprey. So right? sick. Thank you, Will Osprey, for shouting us out. I appreciate it. 
Um, Mike Jones on Twitter, Mikey, Mike Jimenez. Uh, I really appreciate you getting Osprey to do that for us. That was a very cool gesture. Meant a lot to me. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So um, yeah, how do you not get fired up after that intro? But anyways, this is Live Rounds episode 20. Welcome. And uh, what's going on, Steven? Not much, man. Uh, did my uh, little little action figure hunting today, so it's always nice. Didn't basically this was one of the days where I took my signed helmets that I've won over the last couple of weeks from Dave and Buster's, went over, sold them, and so I got some cash. Got the uh, I sent you the picture. Got that uh, Randy Savage figure. So uh, pretty chill day. And then tomorrow is the big, you know, Wednesday DMB's day. So looking forward to that. And, so I always really enjoy like the second half of Tuesday and like all of Wednesday is like really like my favorite parts of the week outside of Sunday for football, of course. But yeah. Um, but yeah. How about you, man? How you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm a little shell shocked. Like I can't believe that Cowboys cut Jalen Smith. Like everybody knew that that was going to happen eventually, but we didn't think we were going to eat $20 million to do it. I thought for sure he was going to be on the team. Uh, just for depth reasons, but uh, yeah, we haven't been getting our money's worth, and I knew that. And I mean, honestly, like he's physically shot. Like, he, if if you're looking for a linebacker, don't get too excited about Jalen Smith. Like, super great guy, um, works really hard, but just like he's physically not there. When he in college, he uh, he had a knee injury in a bowl game, and it actually was nerve damage, and they didn't know if the nerve was ever going to grow back. And we drafted him still in the second round and the nerve grew back, but I really feel like he created some drop foot with it. And there's like a hitch when he runs and he can't change direction or anything like that. It's just straight lines is all he can run. And uh, as the year's gone on, he's just gotten slower and slower and it just, it's not working out. So wish him the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. And yeah, thank, I see Mike in the chat. Thanks, Mike, so much. You said that, uh, Will, did you tell him that what Fightful Select was? That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that 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 Osprey thing is pretty cool. That was so unexpected. Didn't expect that at all. Yeah, when, I, at when, all. when I saw that, I was like, dude, Doug's going to mark out so hard for this. <laughs> yep, I did. And also, yeah. like, super jealous, too, because, like, all I want to do is meet that guy, get my picture taken with him. Like, that's it. And it's like, it just, the, it's never lined up right. Um, so yeah, it, 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 uh, it, it, you're lucky. That's all I can say. One day, one day I'll get him. I'm hoping WrestleMania weekend. I'm hoping that he'll be there for something. He normally is, but especially the way he's not been in Japan and stuff. So I'm hoping he'll still be in the States and I'll, I'll get a chance to meet him there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's up everyone in the chat? Welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hit the thumbs up if you haven't already. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know what, what all we're going to talk about today. I figure we talk like Fury and Wilder a little bit. We're we'll doing the, the watch along for anyone who's interested. We'll be on their uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful this Saturday night. Who knows when the actual you know main event will start. I yeah. Fingers crossed. We're both hoping that GCW is over by the time the boxing even happens. Like it's possible. Um if not, I'll either be dual screening or like pausing GCW and then going back to it afterwards. Um, but it's going to be so hard. There's going to be people giving us spoilers in that chat if we miss it. But yeah. But anyways, we're, we're going to be doing that. Fury and Wilder 3, join us. That'll be on YouTube.com slash Fightful sometime Saturday night, like whenever the uh, the main event happens, just, just that last fight. 
And then, of course, we got GCW this weekend. We got always got AEW stuff to talk about. So I don't know where you want to start off or, uh, and of course, um, super chat, super chats, donations, and stuff. That'll that'll prioritize your questions, statements, comments, all that stuff. And we'll if you have if you super chat us, we'll talk about whatever you, you guys want us to talk about. Um, I think we definitely need to cover GCW because honestly, I think this is probably their biggest event in their company history. Um, so I definitely want to plug that. If you haven't given GCW a chance, I definitely think this is the show to order. Um, but I, I think let's let's go ahead and just jump into AEW. Um, let's talk about uh, Sammy beating Miro and then what we're going to see tomorrow and all that good stuff. So um, I really thought the, the Miro and Sammy match was really good. I honestly thought Dynamite was really good. I love the opener with Jungle Boy and Adam Cole and then the finish with Sammy and Miro and then this the stuff in between. Like, I, I just, I really enjoy that. And uh, that's really what I'm looking for weekly is to like have a match that is like really good and to have segments that are memorable. And if I can get that weekly, then, then I'm a happy man. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I say it all the time. Just good storyline, like stories that make sense and good matches, you know. Speaking of that, I mean, like... I'm almost like kind of baffled and we keep talking about him, but I just really don't know where they're going with Cody Rhodes. Like I see a huge backlash against this guy now. Like there are a lot of people that hate him. And then there's also people that I feel like, like myself that still recognize him as one of the main guys that got this company to where it is and, it might not even exist if Cody never left the WWE. So I have a huge loyalty to Cody, but there's a lot of people. And what I think it is, this is my assumption is it's people that never really gave AEW a chance that have now come in and seen CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and all that. And they look at Cody like that mid card guy from WWE. And they want to know why is this guy still like a main eventer now because he shouldn't be. Why is he still getting all this time? Why is he getting these huge entrances? Why is like people are like, they have Cody fatigue. It's almost like, like there's a Cody fatigue because it kind of reminds me of like when the young bucks were faces and they were kind of stale, like they weren't getting the biggest reactions and they just kind of were just there. And Cody to me has that vibe, but he also has a vibe of like literal hatred from people that don't like his spot in the company yeah i think it's i think it's like and obviously i'll preface this by saying for anyone who doesn't know i'm a humongous cody rhodes fan like I, right you know uh went to high school with the guy like full disclosure like i've followed his entire career um and i've met i've known him personally like i mean so i i um i think that a lot of this stuff with him also, I, I think it's partly what you're saying. Like, I think that's definitely happening. People that are like WWE fans that, you know, just don't understand because they, they didn't see this whole journey from him leaving. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll straight up say it. AEW doesn't exist without Cody. There's, yeah. I, I'd say no way. Um, that's nothing against Kenny and the Bucks, obviously, but they don't get the same kind of hate Cody does. Like they can sit there and go, who's this Kenny Omega guy? I've never even seen him before. Why is he the main guy? You know what I mean? 
Um, that'd be even, he'd be like even lower on the totem pole than Cody for WWE fans probably because they wouldn't know anything about him. Right. Maybe maybe they heard that he was in like OVW or F- FCW or whatever and, and that kind of stuff maybe a little bit. But I, I think a lot of the Cody hate, it really bleeds into like, it's a mixture of his push, people thinking he's stale, people not liking Brandy, people yeah. not liking some of the things Cody says because I think people... I think a lot of people think he's virtue, like virtue signals and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I think that they, they think he's, he is out of line with some of the things he's, he talks about. I think um, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just saying like, I think that's the, per, the perception from a lot of people. So, yeah. and then of course, on top of it, it's just really easy, easy to hate this guy who like, is like, you know, kind of seems squeaky clean on top, like, like, it, it, you see it in every line of work like people get hated on just for being like the best at something you know right. like and i think there's i think there's a big mixture of a lot of that and then you mix that in with social media where it's so easy to just like get people all riled up over little things and the next thing you know there's like hashtags about like you know stuff that's not even that big of a deal so like i i don't know i but here's the thing the funniest part of it all is like i think this is designed like Cody, yeah. so this is what he's going for. Like he's going to ma- make a massive heel turn. And were like, you able? Were you able to watch that Tranquillo um, YouTube video that I tagged you in? Not yet, but it, I fantastic. saw some. I saw some comments about it that said, "Yeah, it was like incredible." It's so. Fantastic, and it really makes you think. Like this has been planned for a really long time. I just. I don't know if people are ready for Cody to be like the guy, but I don't, this is the thing. If you're a new fan, you have no idea how good of a heel Cody is. Yeah. Like incredible. so Cody much better. Is heel a than a phenomenal days. heel. Yes. Like, and it's not because see to me, MJF is a prick, right? Right. But Cody is like demented, like <laughs> evil. Like Cody has very like, evil mannerisms and he's like like devious like i don't i don't know how to explain it but it's a very much it's a very different heel and i think the best way for him to turn heel is for him to he made a promise to the fans that he would not ask for a title shot as long as he's with aew the fans turn their back on him and so now he's going to say, screw that promise. I want my title shot. And I think that that way it's like, okay, he's betraying his word now. You know what I mean? Um, I also think, honestly, if there is tension between the EVPs, like exploit that a little bit on TV. That's always been entertaining when there's some realism to that. You know what I mean? Um, I think that would be interesting. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where they go because this is the thing too. It's like AEW roster wise home run, right? Match quality home run. What happens when they have some really good storylines that are, have you really like drawn in? Cause to me, like the bullet club is fine storyline. It's one of the best storylines I've ever seen in like the last 20 years. Like, people don't understand that, but I'm telling you, like, and that was just off of BTE, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. So, like, if they really had 
the platform to do something like that in a long-term booking for like a year or something, I think they could come up with some incredible stuff. Yeah. Some of my favorite like wrestling content ever is when Cody, well, before AEW was announced and Cody was doing the tease where he was like a zombie, just like blurting out facts about the WWE. Like mm -hmm. I thought that was the, that was the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, that that's the thing. I mean, that Bullet Club is fine storyline was incredible. Like and like you said, I mean, if they if they could do something like that on TV, and and like Alexander Fitzgerald said in the chat, I mean, there's I assume at some point he'll get back involved with with the elite and those guys and stuff. Like he's too tied to all of them. Um, I and I honestly don't think that there is tension among the EVPs outside of probably what you would normally get just by working with people all the time. Like I mean, it's, you're gonna butt heads about certain things, but. If they, if they're, you know, but you can definitely play into that. Like, That's you know, what I'm saying. yeah, like yeah. even if wrestling fans think that there's tension, you can exploit that and try to, right. you know, make that into a story. I almost feel like if this has been a planned thing for, for a while, like who's to say they haven't been feeding dirt sheets BS yep. to get this thing stirred up. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. One well, also, I haven't, I mean, and I haven't like, like, sought out a lot of it but i don't think there's been like a whole lot of like super credible reports from anyone that's like there's like real problems backstage i think you know i think bodyslam.net or whatever they're the ones or somebody there reported that tony's taken over and that like cody's the outside guy that's not close with the evps anymore and stuff like that that but honestly I, just sounds like it's just someone stretching to reflect something that they're seeing on tv yeah like, you know, like they're, yeah. they're, they could be making a lot. I don't want to just I will, say, said I will that, say this, though. When Cody was going to announce his retirement after losing to Malachi Black, he did hint that they weren't as close anymore and that he did wish them the best or whatever. So they they've at least somewhat teased it, whether it's true or not. I don't know. OK. And John Gorman says uh, Cassidy Haynes reported that I, I like him. So, like, I'm you know, I'm not saying he's wrong or that he's uh uncredible or anything like that i'm just saying like you know i know a lot of people personally that are pretty close to a lot of this stuff but i haven't heard anything and they all know i'm a massive fan of AEW. like if there was like real serious problems happening i would one billion percent know yeah um so i'm not saying that they aren't that there might not be a little bit of issue here and there but i don't i think it's honestly been blown very very out of proportion you know but that's what the internet does like with anything oh, sure um so especially with wrestling fans, my God, like there's, it, that's the easiest thing. If you want to you make something up about something, I'm not saying that's what this reporter did. I'm just saying if anyone wanted to make anything up in, in the world of wrestling Twitter, that's very easy to do. Um, sure. So thanks, Mike. Take care, man. Thank you, Mike. For real. Uh, you know, very, very, very thankful. This is awesome. Um, we got a super chat from Dirty. Awesome, Dirty. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, do you think that powerhouse Hobbs has main event potential? Um, the only thing that I have issues with, with some of these guys is like this, this, the talent pool is so deep. It's just so deep. And I mean, size wise, yes. Um, look wise, possibly. I just, it's just gonna be hard to pick him over so many of the other guys that are in there. But like, if he continues to get better, um, I mean, I wouldn't say no. What do you think, Steven? Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I, I mean, he technically, 
he technically has kind of main evented a little, you know, here and there. But I know what you mean by like being could like be an established. Yeah, could be. I mean, I do think he could be the champion one day. Um, but it'll it'll be a while. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like you said, there's. I mean, there is. The position AEW is in right now is so unique. Like they have, like they have the next generation like ready and like continuing to like groom them to be ready. Like when the time's right for like each kind of particular person. But right now they're also in this position where like they have some like massive names in the world of wrestling on their roster. So like you have to, you got to do what's smart for business and like. But but I think it's a, a huge like sign of faith that they've already put powerhouse in like a big spot against a guy like CM Punk. Yeah. Like that, that shows a real confidence that like your time is going to come even for a guy like Darby Allen. Like, you know, he lost, he didn't lose often, but he lost quite a bit when it really mattered towards the beginning of AEW's time. But then he got like all those wins back like later on and Darby was just ready now, but like powerhouse Hobbs, he's just newer and this is going to take some time. Um, you know, so so to answer your question, Dirty, I do I do expect Hobbs to be a main event player. Um, you know, some sometime in the next couple of years, and he's in a great spot too. Like he's he's constantly featured on television, and he's a part of major storylines. And you know, once again, there's 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 a lot of signs there that he's clearly going to be factored in in a big way in their future. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Dynamite was really good. Um, I really, were, were you surprised Sammy won or did you think that was going to happen? When I realized, you know, it's the main event, you know, very Brody centric show with Rochester, the TNT title synonymous with him. Um, and the way that they did it, like, you know, once the match got going, that's when I really felt like, I think Sammy's going to win. Like prior to the match, I wasn't so sure, but like, as it started rolling, I was like, this really feels like this could be Sammy's time. And then when the turnbuckle pads got loose, I was like, that was, that was smart because it protected Miro the way it needed to. Like it took a, you know, an exposed turnbuckle. Um, Sammy did another like real nice move to like, to put him down. Like the thing he does off his shoulders, like the GTX type thing. And then he hit him with that brutal six thirty. Like he landed like lower back onto him. So it's like, if Miro's going to lose, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And, um, and Sammy's, you know, he's a guy that I feel like has been slow built since the, literally since the first day of AEW and like for, for his career to progress in the way that I think that they hope it does. Cause I do think that, you know, like, like MJF was saying that four pillars, like him, you know, Sammy, MJF, uh, Darby and, um, jungle boy, boy. Yeah. like, like if Sammy's going to be in that league with those guys, he needed a win like this. Cause MJF's yeah. already been elevated. Like he's already a main event level guy. As far as I'm concerned, it just depends on who he's feuding with, but he is a main event level guy. Right. Darby's a main event level guy. Um, Jungle boy has had some, he's kind of sniffed that air so far. Like he's been in like big title matches and you can yes. tell that he's going to be there sooner than later. Right. And so you, so you needed to get Sammy, up in that conversation and that TNT title does that. So I, I, I do really like it. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Miro is going to rebound and he'll be in the world title picture soon enough. I'm sure, I'm sure that's where it's headed and that's, yeah. I'm fine with all that. So I'm, I'm happy with how everything worked out. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
I thought it was really smart too that MJF cut that promo and just and talked about the four pillars because then it made you even more prepared for Sammy to win, you know. And yeah. Jungle Boy had already wrestled earlier, so it was like okay. The, the, and then it was Darby and MJF in the promo, so they literally covered all four pillars on that show. You know what yeah. I mean? And then um, with Sammy winning, I remember when he hit the six thirty, and I'm like, if Miro kicks out of this, Sammy is done. Like, yeah. You can't. Sammy literally gave him everything he has, and if Miro continues to, um, if he just kicks out and beats Sammy, it's just like, you know, he's done. Well, and that was the only problem I had with Sammy versus MJF. Was like I thought when Sammy hit MJF with that six thirty, he should have just beat him at that point. Yep, Um, because he had already taken like a tombstone off the second rope and stuff, and it was like, or you know, MJF hit Sammy with one, and it was like. Sammy kicked out of like everything and it was like, dude, you, and then he hit him with his finisher and you're like, that's gotta be it. But at the end of the day, we always talk about long-term storytelling. I think we're probably talking like probably a year to two years from now, maybe, you know, give within that time frame or something. If things go the kind of way that I think that they will, like, like long-term, you know, don't yeah. hold me to any of this, but just thinking out loud, like, you know, you've got hangman, beats Omega eventually, MJF beats Hangman eventually. And then if all goes as planned and the timing's right and then this TNT title run has gone well, I think Sammy Guevara is the one to beat MJF for the title because they have all that history already. And by yeah. the time that they have that match, it'll be like a while since the last time, but they can play the footage of him almost beating with the 630, MJF having a cheat to win. So the reason I say all this though is like that's how important it is when these kind of things happen in AEW because you see something like that happen for Sammy Guevara and you go okay they're sticking to their plan like this is since day one AEW you knew his time was going to come where he was going to be a big singles guy and this is going to be I think like a real nice like test run and then you know once again if all goes as planned he's probably going to be one of the next couple world champions so yeah um so yeah, and the, that's why it's so important that like the TNT title that means so much. Like when you win that title, you're like you're not far off from being perceived as the world champion of the company. It really is like the world champion, the TNT champion. I mean, it's yeah. like so. Um, yeah. I'll, do you, do you think do you see that happening potentially? Like, do you think that San like it because we all assume Hangman's going to beat Omega, but like, yeah. do you think MJF's probably the one who beats Hangman eventually? Because MJF's career trajectory is still just going to keep going up. You know, it's very tough, right? Because there's like Sammy, there's MJF, but it's like, where do you fit Brian Danielson and Sam right. Punk in the mix? You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, you only have so many years with these guys. Yeah, you know, with the young guys, you've got plenty of time. So. It's like, do you just take advantage of Punk being there for a couple of years, for Brian being there for a couple of years, and then when they're ready to move on, you already have the young guys built and ready to go. You know what I mean? So that's my only thing, because I really could see the way that CM Punk turns heel is to go after Adam Page for him being an alcoholic. Yeah, and that was like, I called that, like, that was like my big, my my big one. crowning achievement. Yeah. Yeah. So like I do want that to happen. Like but I, I, I could I could honestly see that happening because I see like that's really like the only way in my opinion that Punk can really get legit heat is like with a red hot baby face that's super over with the crowd that gives them a little bit of stone cold vibe, and then here comes like almost Mister Right to censor 
straight edge society CM Punk. And, and not only that, like it's star power. It just makes sense. So like I could definitely see them going there with that. Yeah. And, and the good thing there too is like, because you could also still kind of almost go full circle in some of these too, because you could like literally like, because there's so many things that are going to happen between now and then with all this stuff. But like when I really think like Kenny Omega, whenever he loses, I think one one way or another, like it'll lead to him being a baby face, like a main event baby face. Kenny. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I could see a baby face Kenny trying to get the world title from a heel CM Punk, like if Punk's the champion. Yeah. Because that's how that would be a great way to finally have that dream match with yeah. Omega as the baby face and Punk as the heel. Right. So I love, I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Well, um, I mean, like, and this is the thing that I keep hearing all these people and they're like, they're giving away too much on Dynamite. There's just too many Get big matches. And I'm you like... complain about that? I'm like, there's four pay-per-views. <laughs> we only have four pay-per-views. So what are they supposed to do? Just give you little, like, tag matches and not, like, greatness? Because to me, Dynamite is like a banger every week. Like, it is must-see. Now, Rampage, there's, a, there's issues with it, right? Like, I enjoy another um episode of AEW for sure but i think it's tough the way the format is that it's filmed after dynamite so like imagine that crowd they literally like blew their load for sammy and miro they have nothing left and then out comes nick jackson and and, and brian danielson so like and then as it goes on by the time the main event is happening they are exhausted I don't really necessarily know the best way because you really you can't do live two shows rampage one week or rampage and dynamite same week. It's not that yet, um, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a can't miss show, right? Like dynamite, I have to see it Wednesday night, no matter what. If my wife wanted to do something on Friday night, I would just be like, okay, I'll take my lumps and I'll, I'll catch Rampage when I can. You know what I mean? Like, and it's only, it's only an hour. So, um, you know, and, and like Jim says, short and dark. I, I wouldn't say that because I do believe that they, they put forth some big matches in there, you know? But to me, I feel like they have to stack Rampage as well, pretty heavy, if they want to get an audience at a Friday night. Like, that's a, that's a tough time slot. It is. It is. I mean, but I definitely enjoyed the show up to this point. No, um, I yeah. mean, and there's always been something that I've taken from Rampage, right? And I and I, what I like too is like usually there's announcements for Dynamite, right? So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, but but excitement level from tomorrow till Friday is it's usually pretty different. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then with with Dark, uh, I mean. Outside of like for the live audience, like I know that can be draining, like all the like watching hours and hours and hours of wrestling. But, um, you know, you really have to go out of your way to watch AW Dark. Like you got to like go on YouTube and like, you know, really, which I have no problem, but I, I like it. I haven't seen the, tonight's episode yet, but I did see Anthony Henry and uh, and uh, Kingston. Kingston had a match, which is awesome. So like I didn't watch it, but yeah. Um, So, you know, I like the darks there for sure. Um, yeah. And and people shouldn't complain about that, I don't think, because that's like a non. I mean, I'll th- I mean, 
I think it's funny that people complain about getting like pay-per-view quality shows for free. Like, why would why would you? I, I why would anyone that, care about? I mean, outside I of these think, wrestling complete wrestling, I've got to just put it out there these complete wrestling marks that like actually think that they're somehow doing like as like a, a justice or like a service to the wrestling world by like analyzing like, well, if I was in charge, there's no way I would have put that on for. Who cares what you think? You know, you have you have, you have no factor in this at all. You are a fan watching wrestling. Like, right. stop analyzing this stuff. Like, you're like it's your job to know what you know what what corporate number. Like, who who cares? Like, I just honestly, enjoy. I honestly think they're trained from the WWE. Oh, for sure. They're, they're trained for what a TV match is this, and a pay per view match is this. And Jungle Boy and Adam Cole is a pay-per-view match. Sammy Guevara and Miro is a pay-per-view match and all stuff. But it's like, there's four. There's only four a year. And to stack that. And then I keep seeing this thing, too. Like, even the uh, the guy that always busts out the ratings. He basically Brandon said Thurston. that, like, yeah, he basically said that, like, AEW is going to have to learn how to have just okay shows. They can't just keep stacking the shows because it's going to get to the point to where they can't live up to that reputation. And I'm like, have you seen their roster? Like they could, they always can. And another thing with pay-per-view, right? Pay-per-view isn't just about matches. Pay-per-view is the culmination of a story is the ending of the story, right? So you're always going to be invested in the pay-per-view sometimes just for a match for a match sake, and it could be a dream match even, then that's okay to just put on a dynamite, right? But like a hangman Adam Page, you don't do that on a dynamite unless there's big implications, like you're gonna give him the title or whatever the case. Like the be, winner right? is coming, like that was right. Crazy. Right. And that was amazing though. Yeah. And and then oh, that yeah. also sets up pay-per-view stuff. Because the like the we the the um fighter fest and fight for the fallen all, all those shows were awesome you know what i mean yeah and like tomorrow's two-year anniversary uh absolutely stacked right you got that ladder match which is incredible you've got sammy and bobby fish which is awesome and which AEW has such an advantage over because they can literally bring anybody in and it doesn't have to be long-term. And, you know, I, I heard Cody do an interview recently, and he's like, let's be honest, like, our core base is, like, the die-hard wrestling fan. Yes. And the fact that that company knows that and is willing to admit that and try to please that is only going to make the company better, in my opinion. Right. And we're also the ones not complaining about this kind of stuff. Like it's like it's the, the people who like complain about getting I shows agree. that are too good for free on TV are like those aren't diehard. Those are those are like I don't even know what to call those people. Like it feels I'm, more like <laughs> WWE fans that can't compete, right? They're just yeah. like, uh, this is what? Like you're gonna give this? This isn't fair. It's like hitting know? a home run that like went too far. They're like, yeah, right. too far. Like, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, it was a home run, but didn't have to go out of the stadium. I right. mean, like, I mean, it's it's he broke, he broke the record, <laughs> but he could have went five yards longer if he wanted to. Like, yeah, 
Cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to watching the same match every single week, 50-50 right. booking, and then uh, you know, pay ten bucks for NBC. Um, I, dude, it's, it, it, uh, yeah, it's just whatever. And the the good thing is, outside of talking about it with you like this, like I pay no mind to any of this kind of stuff when it comes to AEW That's and crazy. their fan base because because it's just like you're complaining for the sake of complaining. If you're complaining about getting pay-per-view quality shows because you think you know better for the business than actual businessmen who actually own wrestling companies that are actually on television, that are actually profitable, that are actually being viewed by millions of people a week, but you know better. Okay. Okay. Well, when it comes well, to WWE, it's a little bit different because they have this, they have like a 50 year head start and you can see their viewer, their viewer base bleeding. Like you can literally see that, the, the the fans leaving the product that's a bit different this is a two-year-old company that's like within well, 500,000 viewers of raw like, i honestly on. think though i honestly think wwe doesn't need as many pay-per-views as they have either i mean i think if they had eight eight to ten pay-per-views they would be set yeah i do they they would be really smart to go to do what AEW is doing go back to like a big four and put on pay-per-view quality the stuff that these people Network are complaining about—that that's what the WWE should be doing—is exactly what AEW is doing, and like actually put on pay-per-view quality. The problem is their pay-per-views suck. Yes. So like, so getting a WWE pay-per-view quality show on Monday Night Raw is still a shitty show. Like that's well, and then like they're they're doing the Saudi Arabia show on a Thursday, and it's like more stacked than WrestleMania. Yep. Like, and, and so if you want to talk about business. Does that make any business sense whatsoever? The only business sense it makes is for their profits, for right. them to actually get paid. But like as an actual, this is our structure. This is our company. This is what we do. Uh, watch the show midday to watch Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I, it just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't matter to them. They don't. They don't care if ten people watch because they got, they got they got paid so much money to be there. I mean, you you know it's apparent that they don't care when like. They went over there during that whole like journalist being like killed. I yep. mean, like, I mean, Blood Money, that show. Like, yep. I mean, let's be real, y'all. Like, you think the WWE really cares what you think or, or if you watch? Like, they got paid so much money that they just they just can turn a blind eye to all. And not only that, like, there were some people that like you know, will only work that show <laughs> because it's such a high payday. Shawn Michaels so, like, came out of retirement after like right. seven years or whatever for right. Like, uh, I'll never come back. I'll never, how much are you paying? Okay. Yeah. I'll come back in a tag match or something. You know what I mean? So uh, that yeah. whole thing is just, that whole thing is just such a joke. Like yeah. Mansoor like wins everything over there. <laughs> like it's like Mansoor wins like the greatest Royal Rumble right. and like all these big matches. Then in like the States, he's just like a total jobber. Right. Um, I remember they put up, they, they tried to fool the fans the first time they went with that fake Yokozuna. Like, I mean, like, th- like this is the kind of stuff that like, I mean, I, <laughs> the main event of that one Saudi show was, the Undertaker and Goldberg as like just a complete cash grab. Neither guy could go at all. The I mean, yeah. that was it was so embarrassing. But like, I think the WWE cared. No way. Yeah. They're like they're literally just counting money as everyone complains. I mean, they they don't care. Yeah. So I'm with you. All right, Michael, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, do you guys think that WWE will gain more viewership with edgier content? Thoughts on the draft? Um. 
So <laughs> here's the thing, and, and this this is my honest opinion, Stephen, and we might disagree on this, right? Okay. Because you think that they're all for the kids. Are you going to talk about that? I saw the thing you sent me. I personally on. think they're just lame. That's yeah. my opinion. I don't think it's necessary. I think they want everything. I think they want to attract the kids, but they also want that AEW audience. They also want that hardcore wrestling fan. They also want people that don't even watch wrestling to tune in. And I just think they do it in a really bad way. That's that's my opinion. And yeah. it seems like USA wants to go back to the Attitude Era. Like, that's what they're pushing for. They want that edgy content. Fox is a no-go. So Fox is saying no. So So now... If you want to watch edgy WWE, you tune into Raw or NXT. If you want to watch kid WWE, you tune into SmackDown. It seems like what the direction is they're kind of going here. Okay, so I didn't watch any of the draft, didn't watch SmackDown, didn't watch Raw. All I saw from Raw was that thing that you sent. Seth Rollins said the word shit on TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, what happened for the other three hours, 59 minutes and 30 seconds of that show <laughs> or whatever. You mean like, two hours? Sorry, two hours. Program? Sorry. I'm sorry. It's a three hour show, not a four hour show. Please don't but, make raw four hours. I but, can't take it. But my point is like saying the word shit. Yes, it is a quote unquote adult word, but the only people who are going to think that that's edgier children, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like saying the word shit. Like I, I say that, I said that at work. You know what I mean? Right. No one cares about it. You say, South Park said it like 80 times in an episode or 100 something times in that. Like, no one, AEW says but, it every but, week. But no that's the thing. That's the thing. AEW continued to say it, right? Now WWE is saying it because they're watching AEW. They are 100% watching AEW. Oh, for sure. What, are, what is the main demographic that AEW Dynamite is in competition with when it comes to Monday Night Raw? 18 to 49. 18 to 49, and it's Monday Night Raw. And so now they are going to make Raw more edgy to try to get that 18 to 49 demographic. Yeah, but they're going to be terrified about the potential of losing – the kids and their sponsors. That's what this, that's what it really all boils down to is like, they don't want Mattel mad. They don't want See, Nickelodeon mad or whatever. I wonder Disney. if they can get away with that because SmackDown is their main show and they're going to keep it PG. And then on raw, they're going to be a little bit more edgy or NXT or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, obviously like I prefer these types of changes. Like there's a chance if it was more adult oriented, I would watch it again. Like I've, I've always said, I'm not like completely, I mean, I am currently not paying attention to the shows, but like there's a way to get me back, but, <laughs> but they're like, they just have to change. But I mean, it's like, you're, if, if it's saying, I mean, saying the word shit, you know, 30 seconds of your show or whatever out of a three hour show, like, I mean, and this is this was disappointing, unfortunately for me. I, I hate the brand split. I hate it. Hate yeah. it. It has not worked. Has Never. not worked what they want. But then I saw, like, I didn't watch the draft, but I did see on Twitter, like, they posted, like, who was on each show. And I was like, all right, so if I want to watch Raw, because I'm already, I'm not going to watch SmackDown either way. I just, if it's Friday night, I watch Rampage if, like, I'm home. And that's on so late that, like, I'm already done hanging out yeah. with friends or whatever I'm doing. Right. So, or I have friends over and like they'll watch Rampage with me or whatever. But right. like, I'm not going to watch SmackDown either way at this point. It, 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 the sad thing is like Roman Reigns is killing it. I love what he's doing, but I, I'm not interested enough to watch 
a two hour show for just him. Yeah. When I looked at, but then I looked at like the draft and I was like, damn it. Like Roman's not on raw. Cause if they brought Roman to raw, I'd be interested in maybe watching raw a little bit again. Right. But that's a big part with the brand split. He should be on both shows. He's their biggest star by far. He should be on by raw far. and SmackDown. Agreed. Um, and then I look, kept looking at it and it's like, if I'm a fan, like all that I have as a fan, when I, when I saw that raw thing, when I saw the list, I'm interested in Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. but not necessarily so much the RK Bro stuff. I just haven't seen a lot of it, but like, I think Riddle has a ton of potential still if they use him correctly. Like there's still some promise there. I'll always love AJ Styles, but he's more so of like a mid card guy now, which is kind of hard for me to watch. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's AJ Styles. And, and it's and almost then, under mid card too. Like it's yeah. lower levels. And that's really pretty much it. Like I'm happy for Big E, but like they took so damn long to give him the title that like I don't really right. care at this point. Not to mention I don't really care who the WWE champion is at all at this point. The only title belt I think that may, that matters is that universal title that Roman has. They have too many belts. You know, they I think it's devalued across the board. All yeah. these titles. So like they would have to make significant changes for me to care. And the biggest one would be them putting their actual stars on both shows. Right. Like, you know. So. Or at least on Raw, for me. It's selfish to say, but like I would watch Raw on Mondays. I don't care about watching WWE programming on Fridays. I, yeah. I don't think I've watched SmackDown since Cain Velasquez debuted. That that was years ago. Wow. So like, you know, and I only did that because I knew Cain was going to be there. I was like, I've got to see what he does. But I think yeah. I watched the last SmackDown where Adam Cole was like done with NXT going into, and I like, Watch that SmackDown so scared that he was going to show up. And every, and like Dominic Mysterio had a, uh, a mystery challenge out you know, or open challenge and stuff. And I was just like, oh God, don't you do it. No, no, no. And then when he didn't the whole time, I was like, yes. <sighs> but like, it wasn't out of enjoyment. It was just out of just like, please God, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then, like, Extreme Rules, I mean, normally I usually give the pay-per-views a shot. I didn't watch it at all. I don't care. I don't I care. Watched I watched it. I thought it I thought it was an awful show. Yeah, see, I didn't watch it. So I, I didn't care. And uh, I don't care about Finn Balor. I don't care about the Demon. I don't I don't care. And then the thing is, too, I mean, is you like, saw how he lost, right? Yeah, well, like, yeah, like literally yeah. just just the top ropes broke. Which is, I mean, that's that's that entertainment part where it's just like this isn't pro wrestling. This is yeah. just stupid. Well, I mean, that was also you know, pr- you know, that followed up, you know, Charlotte you know ripping a doll up and stuff. Right. You know. Right. Like, well, and then how about the red light reviving? Once Finn again, this is like, all no no adult could see this and think this is for them. I'm sorry. Like these are all I'm like I'm just keeping it real. Like this is I, I, I agree what adult sees ex- that certain extent, but I honestly think that Vince thinks adults will watch this. That's my opinion. I but, think that they're just lame. No, no, I I completely agree that they're lame. Like we completely agree about that. Like it's definitely lame, but to say that it isn't targeted towards children. What adult, like what adults is that for though? Like we've been watching wrestling our whole lives. That isn't I mean, for we, us. I, I've seen some. I've seen some adults at wrestling shows, and I. I no, get I, it, I know. know, I know. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, what? Talk just specifically, me and you. We both been watching right. wrestling our entire lives. Yeah, and we don't like it. No, 
Not at all. Okay. And, and there's a lot and, of people and, and, like and us. Like, and I, I have a hard time buying into Roman Reigns just for the simple fact that, like, he just – he's not going to lose ever. Like, there's nobody that it, – it's believable that they're going to beat him. And they haven't built anybody to believe that he's going to get beaten. At least with Omega, man, there's times where, like, he absolutely shouldn't lose, right? Right. But you're thinking to yourself, like – don't you do it, Tony? Like, like you, you do have that thought in the back of your mind. Like, what if they did go with Christian and they tried to do this instead, and maybe they canceled the Hangman push? And what if Daniel Bryan actually went, or Brian Danielson wins? But, but or, even when that happens, know? they're all like good scenarios. Like, oh, you're for like, sure. like, all these people are right. good. So it's right. like, like you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't stop watching the show. If but any like, of these sadly, a lot of people that Roman has wrestled have been pretty damn good. It's just, yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to win. Right. So it's just, it's just, the show feels so lopsided. It just feels like the Roman Reigns show. Like, that's it. Honestly, like, I, you know, so here, this is an interesting one. I saw Gable Stevenson got drafted to Raw. Yes. And I saw people complaining about it. Like, this guy's like, how could he possibly yeah. be ready? And I'm like, but, like, I, I, Trust me, I understand that like Olympic amateur wrestling is different than professional wrestling. I get it. But if anybody is going to be capable of jumping the whole process, like if this guy can even just bump safely and not hurt people, his credibility alone, like you don't, let me put it this way, Gable Stevenson and NXT 2.0, who the hell cares? Who cares? Right. Right. That's not, that's not where you put a, this guy just won an Olympic gold medal, like yeah. for real, an actual real wrestling. Yeah. Like the only other person in these kind of shoes we've ever seen was Kurt Angle, and they didn't hide him away for years in developmental. They had him on TV pretty quickly, and he was sink or swim, and he swam because he could, he could, he could take to what they do. He could expedite the process times a trillion. Like yeah. what he's. Most people are starting like this is where this is ready. Most people are starting here. He is starting here. Like, yeah. you know, he's you just got to teach him a few things. And if he is even somewhat decent, maybe he's the guy that beats Roman. Because like at least he'd be at least it'd be a gold medalist who's like actually legitimate badass. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But that's all I can see, him or Omos. And I, I don't like the idea of Omos. I'm just saying, I, 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 you know they're going to put the title on him soon enough. I just don't know what well, belt or who will be. Do you think WWE fans would accept him to come in and let's just say like after six months he goes in there and he beats Roman for the title? Like, depends on, it depends on what he looks like for that six months. I mean, I agree to a certain extent, but I feel like you're endangering the same thing with the Roman push that you had back in the day where the fans rejected it because they didn't like the Superman stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I just – I don't like the way they do things. But, like, but, but, but no, at but the, the end of the day. Is, the thing is, the reason I say that, though, is because, like, there's, there's nobody currently there who they can – have beat Roman that like that we've been exposed to already. But There's that's no the thing one. though is I, I think they could have people. They just choose not to build these people up and make you believe that they are a legit contender. What I'm saying is at this point, like anyone you could name has been devalued so much that you, you couldn't see them beating Roman. I mean, I will obviously agree like Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and like Nakamura because, and like all these guys. Kevin Owens. 
Oh, he's gone. gone. Oh, he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. Like, he's yeah. going to be all elite. We're getting Jordan, Kevin Steen back. Joining the Super Click in January. What um, but, but no, I mean, they definitely have a lot of great talent that works there, but like they've been positioned to where like you can't, you can't believe that they'll be put in that kind of spot to, to, to be the one to beat Roman. That's why I'm so kind of dead set on it being like kind of an unknown, like a, like a Steveson or an Omos or something like that, that they're going to kind of build from scratch that hasn't been overexposed and you know losing over and over. I'm dude, I'm kind of worried that, that it'll be Drew. And if they, if they do that, like what a gigantic waste, like, like I, I'm a, I'm a Drew McIntyre fan. I like him a lot. Drew Galloway. Like I, I, I think he's like, he's a complete pro wrestler. He really is. But him as like the COVID champ era, like that really wasn't that great. And like to have, if he's the one to beat Roman, like that just feels like, you know, I I would, I would rather if Gable Stevenson can wrestle at all, I would rather them take the chance of them doing with that than take someone who's already been devalued and, and try to try to revalue them by beating Roman. Yeah. All right, we got another super chat. Thanks, Chris, so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I get all the criticism about WWE going to Saudi Arabia, but I wish people would keep the same energy for FIFA soccer Olympics because they're on their payroll too. And honestly, it sounded like um, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury were going to fight in Saudi Arabia as well if they were going to fight just because of the money that Saudi Arabia was going to offer. Um it's a touchy subject. I, I think the biggest thing with the WWE is the, when they did it, the timing of it, and then also like how it's become like this long-lasting relationship. And I, I really feel like too that I, I I don't know what what future like do they have to bring that big of a show to Saudi Arabia in the contract? Cause I feel like if they just brought a normal WWE pay-per-view, I really don't think it would be much different, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that had, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I think guys can make appearances, but I don't necessarily think you have to have Brock and Roman reigns in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's part of the thing that they have to, that they have to put on, yeah, it's got to be a right. I think in, in their mind, I think I think the, I think the people in Saudi Arabia that put these shows on are expecting a WrestleMania caliber um, thing. And I mean, I get it, but those shows suck. They're not very good at all. Like but they don't know that over there. They're they're yeah. gonna they're being told to cheer and boo who they're supposed to be. I mean, right? They're, well, and they're buying the spectacle. Like yeah. that's the whole thing. They're seeing the fireworks. They're seeing the pyro. They're seeing the big entrances, and they're like, like, it's not that different from the whole like collision in Korea thing. Like, I mean, yeah. there, there's, I mean, the Korea thing was was worse, you know, in ways. But like the thing, the Saudi Arabia stuff. I mean, it's it's a bunch of propaganda, and you know, I mean, it's it's there. At least there's been some progress where like women are wrestling on the shows and stuff. I mean, like that's you know seems like a good a good you know kind of progression, but like. You know, the first few times they went there, like they, sh- they would show like women on like the screen, it would become like a big problem. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, well, but, but still had to cover up, right? But but it's but it's like they're they're trying to make it seem like Saudi Arabia is like this great place, and like we're over there. Wow, yeah, that's while people thing are getting too. murdered. It's like yeah. you you were, and this was like right in the heart of women's revolution, right? And then they go to Saudi Arabia, 
where women aren't allowed to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, there, there's just a lot of uh, just phoniness about it. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that FIFA or anyone else that goes over there is, is right either. Like I, like I, I feel pretty much the same across the board. Like anyone who does business with certain, you know, like, you know, it, I mean, I love the idea of things being like global and worldwide and stuff, but like, you know, I don't love the idea of, you know, you know, you got, you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah, certain, yeah, there's certain you. people you just wouldn't want to do business with for certain reasons. And right. I mean, that just seems like, that just seems like something I wouldn't want to do. Now Morality granted has to come in at some point. Well, that's the thing. And that's really the, the real bottom line is like, they're, they're trading morality for money. Yeah. And you know, it's a company that doesn't need to do that because it's yeah. a company that's already a, a billion dollar company. So, right. Agreed. Um, we never really got into dynamite, uh, the, the, the ladder match today. Um, so, so we need to talk about the Joker. Yeah. Um, do you have any predictions on who the Joker is? Are you thinking it's Hangman? Are you thinking something else? What do you think? I mean, I think I think that a lot of people expect it to be Hangman. Yeah. Um, and it could be. And if it is, like, I'm fine with it uh, for sure. Especially if he wins and that, like, really kind of shows, like, they are going to go Hangman Omega again. Are you good um, with it being for full gear, though? Or do you think it should be held out till Revolution? I would wait till Revolution. Yeah, I'd have Omega good. retain over Danielson at full gear. Yeah. And then, um, and, but, I mean, I think well, it's... And, and a, a lot of these matches, too, like, they end up being, like, in a couple of weeks on Dynamite. Like, it usually yeah. doesn't go to the pay-per-view. Yeah. So we could just get, like, a banger Kenny Omega match on the Dynamite out of this, you know? Yeah. And that, you know that's where I like it could be Buddy Murphy. Um, yep, yep. And, it, and if he were and if he were to win, even if he was just a short term AEW, like people would want to see Murphy and Omega just because their similarities, kind of with like their moves and stuff, yep. and their body type and whatnot, they mirror each other in a lot of ways. I'd want to see it. Um, so I could see, I could see it being, uh, I could see it being probably one of those two guys. Who do you have in mind? I mean, there's a lot of like hypotheticals because like from all over different companies and stuff, but I mean Hangman is definitely the one that sticks out to me just because it's like a way for him to regain his chance at a title for being gone so long. Cause he's not even showing up in the rankings right now. Right. And uh I don't I don't know how they're gonna handle that, but um it's just a and it, it would be a way for Kenny to freak out. Like he thought he was done with Hangman. And then, like, Hangman finds a way to win the bell or get get a title shot. So I think that would be interesting. Um, but then also part of me just is, like, you know, maybe you have another, like, Bobby Fish type or somebody you didn't think would be anywhere near involved in this match, and they show up. Uh, well, we're also kind of assuming the Joker is going to win, too. Right. But I, the I match, the match the is, case at all. Right, I, I really like the, don't. Because, like, the match is stacked. Like they that, have, it's it's although, like all main eventers. Although, I don't really need Matt Hardy. In oh, I, I, I knew it. that was coming. Yeah, I get it. it. I get it. He's, he's been in the ladder matches. He's off synonymous. But I mean, like when Orange Cassidy's in it too, and that's yeah. I think, yeah. Well, and that's why they put him in there together. Right. I get that. I'm I'm over that feud. By the way, I really am. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to move on to something else. But, um, but yeah, no, I I, I think this this guy this person could be just somebody that makes this match awesome and not necessarily the winner. Yeah, 
So you know, yeah. if you wanna you wanna throw my boy Will Ospreay in there? I'm fine with that. You know, good good shot there. Um, Ninja Mac. Ninja Mac. <laughs> like why not? Right? Um, maybe a Dante though, or something like that. Like just somebody that will tear this match up and and get people buzzing. You know, no, like, now that well, spoiler alert. Anybody, y'all might want to like close your ears. MLW spoilers incoming. I read that. Okay. I um, read those. The show's happening tomorrow, so spoiler alert. Don't spoiler you know, alert, just... spoiler alert, cover your ears, cover your ears. But I would love to see Jacob Fatu in uh in AEW now that he is no longer the MLW champion. Yeah. Um I like him a lot more than Hammerstone. I, I like Hammerstone, but he leans far too much into trying to be like Hulk Hogan. Like it, it's oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's too I, much. I I saw Hammerstone when he was part of like MJF's faction. And then, like, uh, he always had a good look to him, but I never really watched him wrestle. And when I watched that Battle Riot or whatever, like, he literally was doing everything Hogan did. I was yeah. like, what? Where's the collars, the, the poses? All the of it. Deal. Yeah. yeah, Hulking up, I'm like, what? So, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Um, sounds like Davey Richards is doing pretty well in that tournament, by the way. So, uh I'd love to see Davey in there. If you want to run Davey and, and Kenny Omega one more time on a dynamite, I would be all for that. Well, and that, that finals match is going to be fire. Um, yes. So, once again, spoiler alert. Fast forward a few seconds. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, it's going to be Davey Richards and Calvin Tankman. That yeah. match is great. Um, yeah. I'm a big Tankman fan. Um, so, I'm cool with either guy winning that. Um, so, yeah, I just I think that there's options out there. You know, we've had a Suzuki – Maybe a Jay White, you know, maybe Jay White, uh, just something. Ace Austin. Yeah, I would be fine with that, honestly. That'd be sick. So, um, yeah, I just, I think people need to kind of think outside the box. It might not just be somebody in the company. It might be an outsider that just has like a cool match, you know? Well, one thing, and speaking of outside the company, I definitely picked up on, on Andrade, dropping hints that he's got some buddies coming for the tag team division. Like, so, uh, I wonder I, who those could be. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be those guys from ring of honor, right? Yeah. It has to be. You would think so. It's gotta be the L I J um, or L I F um, L F I L L I F. I don't know. I don't watch ring of honor. L F I L F I L F I L. There you go. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to even try. But, um, but yeah, I, I that, if, that's going to be if, sick. If that happens, I'm turning the TV off. Oh, QT Marshall is the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they're going to do that. Uh, I'll riot. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah. So that's really fun. And then, dude, that four on four is amazing. What? Well, who is it again? That is uh, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, and Adam oh, Cole right, yeah. versus Brian Danielson, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian. And not not that, Marco. Like, not yeah. Marco. Like, you always getting always getting boxed out. Move, move on, sir. But did you see his we're match? On, we're, on, we're on to bigger and better things, sir. See his match with Wardlow the other night, though. Where Wardlow like threw him up into the air, and it was pretty sick. Yep. Marco's out there taking some pretty crazy bumps, and no one's even. Even We're on to Cincinnati. We're nice. on to Cincinnati, Stephen. Love you, Marco, if you're watching. You're my dude. You're the guy. You fought for him. I did. 
Yep, he did. Give him an action figure. You got, you got to at least admit that, right, Doug? Like he got snubbed on that on that Express. You could have yeah. you could have put him in the package, yeah, the package deal, and you probably. You know, he's only half a size on the figure. Like it would have, it would have been fine. Kyle, it would have cost you nothing to make him an accessory, even if there was no bendable joints or everything. You put him in like a Rey Mysterio or like a like a referee for like the old WCW figures. It would have cost you nothing. That like guaranteed sold out if they did that. That's the only reason I didn't buy that pack because yeah. we already yeah. have Jurassic Express from the series. So like all they did was repaint them. I was like, well, if you would have put Marco in here, I would have bought the whole thing again. Yep, guaranteed sold out. So, um, yeah. So, dynamite is a banger. We have Sheeta and Serena Deeb as well. I mean, yeah, and it's like Sheeta could be the first woman to fifty wins if she gets yeah, it, um, which just means she's gonna win. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a great match. So, Serena Deeb outside of Charlotte Flair, I think Serena Deeb is probably my favorite female wrestler right now. So, yeah, her and Rio had a great match at Double or Nothing pre-show. So, yeah, this is this is good stuff, man. Definitely tune in to. Uh, to dynamite um i think it's gonna be a really good show nothing's announced for rampage yet right nothing uh not that i can think off the top of my head yeah i don't think so so we'll see what happens at rampage hopefully something pretty good and uh yeah good stuff for uh tomorrow um this weekend we have tyson fury versus deontay wilder three um I don't know how much you know of this, Stephen. Like fight wise, the history, all that stuff. I do. I've actually watched both their. I, I watched both their other fights live. Cool. I, that, those those were big enough that I went out of my way to watch them. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, those are two really big fights. Um, that this this fight's going to be really big. Everybody's going to be talking about it. It's going to be trending. It's going to be buzzing. This is real boxing. This isn't celebrity boxing. Uh, I watched Lamar Odom another week. Last yeah, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> did he have headgear again? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think him did. and his opponent. It was a lot. It was like J Lo. It yeah, was funny because something. Well, I didn't know anything about this guy, and I assumed he was like some like famous like guy and like this whole deal. Apparently, like it was a guy. This guy was married to Jayla in like '97, like before she even like really blew up. So he's just, he's just like this random guy that that was married to her like before she was even famous. Imagine, imagine getting paid to do events because you got to bang JLo. Like, yeah, that that is a pretty good gig. Yeah, I mean, it was last, you know, literally like the night before they called that guy, and like, like I guess he was. Hey, down and, what do you do? I married J-Lo once. Oh, yeah, you could be at Celebrity Boxing. Like, well, Aaron, Aaron Carter's not returning our calls for the rematch. So, right, so you'll uh, work. Like, what? I'll but, say yeah. it. The only other thing I'll say about all that, I'll throw it out there one more time. They need to run back Aaron Carter versus Lamar Odom. No headgear. Give give me that fight. No headgear. I think Aaron Carter landed like 10 on answer. I saw it. I mean, I got I to gotta, I gotta put it out there. But – yeah, so this is this is actual real boxing that we're going to be watching on yeah. Saturday night. High level. <laughs> yeah. um, so, do you feel like strategies will change? Do you feel like it's going to be the, the same thing? Do you feel like Deontay Wilder has a shot? Do you think Tyson's going to smash him? Like, what what are you thinking right now? So the first fight. So I'm a big Wilder fan. I've I've liked him for quite a while, but it's mainly just squad. <laughs> well, I just I just kind of 
I it's like I recognize him for what he is. Like I know that he like his whole goal is to knock you out fast. Yeah. His his technique is not like his concern. Like he's yeah. just throwing kind of wild, but he's so good and he's so powerful and he's very athletic and he's able to to just land seriously heavy punches and has had a great career because of it. And in the first fight with Tyson Fury, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in boxing or combat sports when Fury like undertakered up, like, I don't know how he didn't get knocked out by, by Wilder in that fight. Like Wilder landed clean. Fury looked completely out and then just came back to life out of nowhere. Sat up like the undertaker. I I was insane. If the ref wanted to count a little bit faster, that thing is over. (laughs) But then if I remember correctly, Fury won like the next round or two. Or it was like I think that was the last round and then Fury won it. So it something like that. It was similar to like Anderson Silva and Michael Bisbing, where like Anderson knocked out Bisbing as like the time was running out yeah. for the round, but then Bisbing won the next round after he was like clearly knocked out, which is pretty yeah. insane. So mad respect for Michael Bisbing, mad respect for uh for you know Deontay Wilder, or sorry, Tyson Fury for surviving that. But then, based on what I saw in the second fight, Tyson Fury just seems like such a better boxer than Wilder. Like, mm-hmm. he, his footwork is clearly better. He throws, like, actual jabs and combos and, like, head movement and very athletic, very very large, too, for, you know, for a heavyweight yeah. fighter. Um, I just don't see a scenario where – I mean, I think that Wilder can definitely land. He's proved that he can land against Fury, but – like if I had to pick somebody, like I'm definitely gonna pick Fury because I just think he just has way, way, way more ways to win outside of like just the knockout punch. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, so the couple things for me is one, I think that Tyson is getting to a point to where he's starting to feel unbeatable, and two, I feel like he viewed Deontay as much more of a threat in the second fight. And took him way more seriously. And I feel like this fight, everyone's basically not even giving Deontay a chance. Well, big, I, a big part was that the whole, like, complaining about, like, the, the weight of his walkout stuff. I think a lot of people soured on him with all the excuses. The excuses. He fired his corner. He said Tyson had loaded gloves. On and on and on and on. But also, didn't, yeah. he, didn't he refuse this fight until they finally announced Joshua and Fury? And then he pulled the trump card of having the rematch? Like, so that is kind of shitty well, too. They went to the courts and it took a long time before a court ruled, but it was basically like he never gave up on the fight, but they were they were moving on. Oh, I thought it was like it was made and then that's when he finally was like, well no so no, basically, no no. Basically no. Tyson was like, I'm not fighting this guy based on all these excuses and stuff. He doesn't deserve a rematch. We're moving on. And then Deontay took it to the courts right. and right before um they were going to end up fighting him and Joshua. The court ruled that he owed Tyson a rematch or Tyson had to give him a rematch or he'd have to pay like this obscene amount of money. I think $20 million or something (laughs) to get out of it. So he just said, I'll fight him. And then he, he got COVID. So then they had to reschedule. So this thing would have been done long before even Anthony Joshua would have fought Usyk. Like this, this would have been done. So who knows if he'd even, uh, 
ended up fighting Usyk if the fight actually happened when it was supposed to. Well, and Usyk totally outclassed him. Like you got to imagine right. Fury would have just smoked John Joshua. But um, like that's the thing that sucks though, because just in the public eye, if he goes and he beat Deontay Wilder and then he beats Anthony Joshua, I mean he beat Klitschko as well. Like he's the goat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was like the five. one who beat Klitschko after Klitschko had lost like for like forever, right? Correct. Correct. Um, and then he went on like a cocaine binge and gained. 100 yeah. pounds and like just lost himself and I, no one thought he'd ever come back to the sport i i hate the rematch stuff with boxing man i real i feel like it's such like a it's like a you're not confident enough just to take the fight you have to have that mental crutch of like well if i lose i get another shot like i yeah. hate just, i hate all that rematch stuff. clauses and all that stuff yeah but i mean to cut you off so how do you who do you think is that so you are you leaning towards wilder winning or i'm not leaning towards wilder winning but i I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for Tyson. Let's just say that. I think Tyson's in for a dog fight. And I also think that Deontay is like, he'd rather die in there than lose. And so you're dealing with a really dangerous man that is trying to get his respect back, that is trying to get his name back, his fame back, all this stuff. And, uh, I just I feel like Tyson could be complacent at this point. There doesn't seem like a lot of challenges. And the motivation was was to get the Anthony Joshua fight next. And now everything is just up in smoke. So it's like he's just kind of stuck. And and like when when he was talking to Ariel yesterday, it was just like he's chilling on the couch. He's talking about mental health. He's talking about his his journey. It just doesn't sound like someone that is like about to be in the biggest fight of their life. It just seems like a guy that's just like, I got a fight on Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm, interesting. It's I haven't heard me. the interview yet, but I saw Ariel said it was like one of the most interesting interviews he's ever no, done. Ariel was marking out, going crazy. But it's like Tyson opens up, opens up like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So, so I, I think Tyson's a better boxer. I think Tyson should win the fight. But I feel like he's complacent, and I feel like Deontay wants this bad. So that's where I'm only like, I, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I, if you know, I did I, have to pick, though, <laughs> I would pick Tyson Fury to win. But I, I would not be shocked at all if Deontay beats him. Well, also with Tyson, like something we didn't consider, but like it kind of goes along with your point of like, where is he at with like his motivation and whatnot kind of is like, it looks like he had a foot in of like wanting to be in the WWE not that right. long ago. So right. um, maybe he just wants, and the other thing is, man, I don't know for, for in a sport where they're so known for promotion, uh-huh. you know, which is boxing. That's all boxing. It. I mean, there's the fight of course, but like, it's all, all of its promotion. How the hell is Deontay Wilder? Not like a massive worldwide star. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you see that dude and you're like, you you know he's somebody like just by looking at him. I think I think the biggest thing was is the competition wasn't there. Like he beat Stavern and he beat like people like that that nobody really knew about. And the Tyson Fury fight was really like the one that was going to put him on the map. It was supposed to be like his big coming out party. And then Tyson ended up kind of stealing that moment because he rose like the Undertaker. Right. Right. And then Anthony Joshua is coming out and it's like we now have three big heavyweights that could be like the future of boxing. 
and then Anthony Joshua loses to somebody that was way beneath him. And that's not, I'm not talking about Usyk. I'm talking about, um, Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. Like, and he, he beat him in Madison square garden, which was Anthony Joshua's us debut. He loses his us debut and then he beats Ruiz in a rematch. But like Ruiz came in like 30 pounds overweight. Yeah. He'd been partying. He didn't take it serious. And so, like, he was kind of out of the picture, but then by beating Ruiz, he kind of got put himself into the picture, and then he just needed to beat Usyk, and he lost. So that's the thing that I hate with boxing and what they they screw up so bad on is they don't want to take the risk, so they end up fighting somebody with a lower name, and then they end up losing. And if they would have just took a risk and lost to a champion – it would be nowhere near as bad. You can run back a rematch. You could build it up that he's the best in the world and you just kind of work your way up. But when you lose to somebody that's supposed to be so beneath you, you it's hard to recover from that. Yeah, for sure. If you lose to like you lose to another champion, or that's a whole mess in itself that they have multiple heavyweight champions and stuff. Oh, so stupid. But you have to pay like sanctioning fees and some boxers that are like you know, the lower tier boxers that get a shot and win the belt, they can't even afford the sanctioning fees to have the belt. So they have to forfeit the belt. Like it's the dumbest thing in the world. It's completely ridiculous. And, and yeah, the, uh, or someone's going to say about that. I can't remember now, but the, yeah, they don't, they don't let them. Oh yeah. What I was going to say is like you were saying, if you lose to another like champion or someone on that level, for one, the public perception, they're not going to like shit on you nearly as badly because it's like you lost to someone really, really good, not like a right. no name. And then also you would make so much more money to fight the bigger name. Like everyone would make way more money too. Like, so I like, but I will say this, like, I didn't know much about Usyk, but like my brother, who, you know, is a boxing trainer and stuff. He's like, right. really, he's really tapped in. Um, And I have some. I'll, I don't want to forget. There's one thing I wanted to tell you about that. I'll, I'll say it on here too. He told me something the other day that was very interesting. Um, but that's, that's really the whole thing with, uh, with, with Usyk. My brother was really like, dude, because me and him watched the fight together. And before yeah. the fight, he was like, this guy really could be Joshua. He thought he yeah. might be a little undersized. Cause I guess he was in the lower weight sure. class before. Yeah. Um, but what I saw out of that guy was like, I, I'm definitely a fan. Like he, yeah. he, he looked really damn good. And um, and then what my brother told me the other day, and this isn't by no means like a report or like necessarily even true, but he's hearing through because you know trainers talk to each other and gyms talk to each other and stuff. There's apparently some rumblings that they may be doing Anderson Silva and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, so Anderson was calling him out, but I didn't think anything of it. I'm hearing, like, my brother's saying, like, he's hearing stuff about it, like, kind of gym to gym and stuff. And, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, official. I don't, I know it's not official, but he's hearing some stuff about, like, he told me the other day, he's like, dude, he's like, has there anyone been talking about Anderson versus Floyd? And I was like, kind of not, not a whole lot. And he's like, dude, I'm kind of hearing a lot about it right now from, like, the kind of the people in the know you know so anderson got on ariel show and said that you know i'd like to fight floyd mayweather and i was just like oh lord like (laughs) like let's be serious well you know you wouldn't want to see that no it's not that it's just the weight classes are so dramatically different and yes i get that he fought logan paul but logan paul is not anderson silva and oh do you think that anderson would like has a really good chance of winning that's why we're 
I, it, I just, it's just, it's just kind of a freak. Cause one, I don't think Floyd would take it unless it's an exhibition and I don't like exhibition fights. So Agreed. that's my biggest thing. Yep. And, and I, it, to me, that's just a circus and that's just Floyd doing a money grab. You know what I mean? Like, do I think that he would take the fight with Floyd? Absolutely. He would take the fight. This is right up Floyd's alley at this point, but and I feel like Anderson might not take it to him as much because it is an exhibition fight. If it was a real sanctioned fight, then I think it would be different. So that's my thing is yeah. this is about a poster, a countdown show, a press conference, and all the things outside of the fight. And then when you get into the fight, you realize you got hoaxed. But but how wild would that be though? If just like Anderson just like walked him down, just beat the hell out of him. I mean, <laughs> I would like, love whoa. It. I mean, like, I would love it. I would love it. I'd love him to put him out cold. You know, you and Anderson and all that. Just Anderson has that like kind of like silent killer in him. Yeah, you know, like when I fought Tito, Tito, great champion, great champion warrior, Tito warrior, He's and then like back right, <laughs> you know, out cold. And it's just like gets up and he's like, it was a good fight, and great, it's great to entertain, all this. So I feel like he'd do the same thing for Floyd and just like go in there and just like knock him dead and just be like, This was great experience. Thank you, everybody, for coming. And they're gonna be like, yo, it was an exhibition. What are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I just think it'd be just wild to see like Floyd crumble. Like somebody actually just beat up Floyd Mayweather. Because we've never it. seen it. I would love it with all my heart. I think Anderson would have a good chance with his size and, and his skill set. Oh, it's a, I mean, Floyd is 150 pounds soaking wet. Like yeah. I mean like I said, you think you can fight Logan Paul, that's fine. But, man, Anderson Silva is a, a, a different animal. Well, and even Logan had his moments. Like, you know, I that's know. I, yeah, like, I know people, like, laugh about his, his technique and all that stuff. But, like, he, I mean, he hit him good a couple times. I mean, like, yep. it, it was, he was way better than he had any right to be against yep. the guy like Floyd Mayweather. So, yep. got to give him his yep. credit for that. I, you know, honestly, I don't know why Logan doesn't run it back with KSI because, like, they had that fight and it basically sold out the Staples Center and he lost. I mean, run it back with KSI. They were they talking about the... KSI and Tyson, and I'm like, oh my God, no. Because, yeah, they had the draw and then KSI won the decision, but there was like, there was um, like controversy because of like the point deductions for. Uh, like back of the head or something like that. It, I remember it being like a weird. And I think card. Logan dropped KSI. He did, but, yeah. But it was like KSI won on points. I don't know. I, yeah. I want to watch real fights. Damn it! And Saturday is a real fight, so. Well, I don't. I don't know how they have it in KSI and Jake. That just seems yeah. like such a no-brainer. I agree. But. I don't know. I, it sounds like. Sounds so. Tyson kind of also said that Jake Paul and his brother were in negotiations, and then um, Ariel indicated that he's heard that um, his brother's kind of pricing himself out of the fight. And then basically, Tyson said that they've gone back into renegotiations and they've gotten closer on the deal. And then he didn't want to talk about it after that. So basically. Sounds like Jake wants to fight Tommy, and uh, 
yeah, I don't really care about that fight, but whatever. Yeah, kind of lame. That honestly, it really just helps out Tommy Fury more than anybody else, like win or lose. Yeah. Um. Agreed. I mean, I'm honestly surprised. I'm, I'm not saying I want to see this. You might want to, but I'm shocked that we haven't heard Chuck Liddell's name come up as an opponent for one. I of don't want to see anywhere. But but, but, I'm, but I'm just saying he was the no, referee for like the like Odom and and Aaron Carter fight and stuff. It's like the guy's I, been like I involved. Think- I think it's pretty well known he has no chin. Even to like commissions, I think that they know that he has no chin. I was gonna say to to commissions that would matter, but like to Jake, it would be a, an easy. Oh game. yeah, no, yeah. I agree. But like, I think to get it sanctioned, I don't think it would be the easiest fight right. to get sanctioned, especially Before. after the last <laughs> Tito fight. And yeah, do you Chuck think Evan, Chuck and Evander Holyfield? You could. You think uh, you think Jake would work Tito in a boxing match? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially as slow wow. as I saw Tito was. I mean, I that like that. Listen, at the end of the day, Tito's forty six years old or forty five. <laughs> like this is oh, it's over. Like you had a good run. You know, some of these guys just need to let it go. Not everybody can be Vitor. And hey, coming from you, man, that really is like you should just hang him up. If no, if, if, if Doug saying that <laughs> personally messaged Tito like three times asking him to hang it up. Have like, you really? Yeah, I just. It's like, come on, man! Like it's over. Wow! But he gets mad. Like he's never been mad at me about it. But like he'll come out. But people keep saying I should hang it up, and like you don't know what kind of person I am. I just can't let it go. And like Jesus, like bro, you fought Alberto Del Rio for a WWE championship belt. Like, listen, I would much rather have him in fights like that than craziness with Anderson Silva. Like, oh, what are you doing? I completely agree. I'm just like, saying, no, like, that's no, when you no know, competition like, level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get. I guess if Tito wants to like relegate himself to just like strictly like freak fights going forward, because Anderson Silva fight wasn't a freak fight from the perspective of like it was too. MMA Hall of Famers, at least. See, what I think could happen is Chuck and Tito in a boxing match. That's such a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. Good for you, though, because I think Tito would knock his ass out again. But I I just think that there's just just this, like, people are going to try to make money off of that forever as long as those guys are willing to fight, and it's just let it go. But then, even then, like, what's the audience? There's like us that are like hard, but we don't really want to see that. I don't even want to see that. Right. Like, and then, like, the new generation of fans aren't going to care at all about that feud. No, no, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I don't I mean, I, we saw the pay per view numbers for the, the, you know, De La Hoya show that they main evented. Like, yeah. I mean, I think the buy rates was like, 50,000 and that was like an exaggerated number and like but I mean like there was zero advertisements on TV for that show like nobody even knew they were fighting you know what I mean like it was strictly just like internet and you can only order it on fight and like it was just it was weird the only silver linings of those shows at all was I remember Filthy Tom fought and Darren Wynn fought who's like now in the UFC that was literally the only like bright spot and Tito came out to break stuff and Tito came out. That was the real, the real highlight of the whole show. That yeah. you are one hundred percent right about that. Yeah. I marked out hard for that. So yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was. I awesome. knew, I knew he was going to win at that point. Like, all right, we got this. We got yeah. this in the bag. But yeah. <laughs> um, well, that would have been a, a fun live, uh, live reaction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Too bad we weren't doing the watch alongs then. That actually yeah. would have been. That actually would have been, been interesting. It. That would have been amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we we got. 
Tyson Fury covered, but also this weekend. In my opinion, we have the biggest GCW event in their hit company's history. This is Nick Gage versus John Moxley in a death match. In my, I, they, I don't think they've announced that, but I mean, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a really big match. I'm honestly, I'm a little, I'm getting a little bit concerned about Nick Gage just for the simple point that like, I don't think he can take much more of these, honestly. Like, just if you're going to physically put him out there, I feel like he's only got a few of these left in him. I feel like that as much as he would want to keep going, like his run is probably coming to an end within the next year or so. So I I think that to be able to have this match, and not only that, like I think you have to put Nick Gage in somewhere, and not wrestler of the year or anything like that, but like maybe independent wrestler of the year because the fact that this guy will have a match with Matt Cardona, will have a match with Suzuki, will have a match with Moxley, will have a match with Chris Jericho, like that's just insane. So props to Nick Gage. Um, it's it's a pretty crazy story. And we there's been a lot of backlash on Dark Side of the Ring. But, I mean, I don't think anybody benefited more from Dark Side of the Ring than Nick Gage. And uh, it's pretty cool to see GCW's rise. And I don't think it happens without Nick Gage. I know. And just a mere few months ago, you were telling me that I was weird for liking all this stuff. So I know. I'm, so I'm glad that I converted you, Doug. I'm, I'm glad that I've converted some of the people watching in the chat. I get messages pretty often. People saying like, hey, yeah. I wasn't watching this until you started talking about it. I think I think part of GCW, though, what's crazy is you could go back and watch like two years ago. And what you're seeing now, production wise, even roster wise, like the whole nine, I think you're seeing like peak GCW. Yeah. So I, I think that if you if you have this idea that GCW is just like white trash and SJWs and there's not a lot of talent and it's low budget garbage, like that is not what GCW is anymore. You know, like GCW is like pretty legit i think they've replaced um i think they've replaced uh ring of honor in my opinion when it comes to independent wrestling i think that they are what is hot today i think that if guys want to get signed go to gcw you know that's going to be where you're going to get the most buzz um, that that is more so like become the new PWG because what GCW can do mostly is run all those independent people on the show. You know what I mean? When PWG shoots himself in the foot by not airing live, so yeah, like they're live, you have to wait like a month for their show after people have been buzzing about it. Um, so like yeah. MLW, they have the same problem. Like right. by the time the show's aired, everyone the buzz is dying because like you either know what happens or like something else is new that you're interested in. And also tomorrow night, you know, Brent Lauderdale is saying he's gonna make an announcement that's the biggest yeah. announcement in the history of the company. So like I don't Did know what that's that tomorrow be. night or he said that at the show. He said that he's gonna he's gonna announce it during the Mox vs. Gage show in Atlantic City. Okay, okay, okay. 
Um, so, and I don't know what that is, um, nor do I, I want to know. I thought it was the Hammerstein ballroom because he keeps hinting at it, but people think it's bigger than that. I so. think it's bigger than that. I don't know, though. I really don't. And GCW is one of those things where, like, especially based on, you know, you know where I work and stuff, like, I have a lot of access to, like, getting information about a lot of stuff. And yeah. I will purposely, like, shoo away GCW news because I just want to watch the show. Most of the time, I don't even want to know the car. Like, yeah. I, I just, I hear the music and I'm like, Okay, walk a flock. Here comes AJ Gray. Who's he wrestling? And then like right. you know, young, dumb, and broke hits. And it's you know Jordan Oliver. And it's like, oh shit. Okay, I didn't even realize this was happening. And I like, I just let it. Just I just sit back and just enjoy professional wrestling. Right. When I watch that, but um, you know, I'm excited to hear what Brett has to say. Um, I mean, maybe they're gonna announce that the, the stuff's over with IWTV or so. I have I have no idea, but um, I think it's gonna be. If it's over with IWTV, I think they're going to announce a new partnership with somebody. Yeah. I, I don't... Because I don't think people would care. You know what I well, mean? Right. Not not enough to that for that to be like the biggest announcement right. I've ever had. I, I just... Because I, part of me wants to think like maybe it is like some bigger distribution deal. But like... Right. But this isn't the type of product you would really necessarily even want doing that. No. Um, and they're doing this well with no TV distribution. Like, yeah, I talked about that quite a bit this week with this, like randomly on Twitter and through some podcasts and stuff, like, you know, people kind of debating, like, what's the number three promotion? Like you got, you know, WWE is, you know, on their own Island. I won't, I'll call them number one. Cause you know, profitability wise, they're technically pro wrestling, yada, yada, whatever. Then you definitely have AEW right there. They're the number two or number one, depending on how you look at it, whatever. Those are the two top ones. (laughs) <laughs> then that's the big debate of like MLW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, you know, what what all these. But like GCW for me, it, it, it the next one up is GCW. No other company is getting the type of buzz GCW is getting. Yeah. You know, outside of a AEW is getting the most buzz of any wrestling company, including the WWE. WWE is just ultra established. But buzz wise, it's definitely AEW and then GCW right now. Yeah. Um, I like I think GCW, this show on Fight TV on saturday i think these numbers will i i don't i don't think it'll even be close i think they'll far surpass what you know like ring of honors you know paper most recent pay-per-view did and like you know all the impact oh, also cheaper, right this is the most expensive i've seen their show but it is also cheaper so um that but it was like too. 30 bucks for two shows though or something like that i think it's amazing but yeah it's like 20 dollars for one show so right. like if you just ordered the gage moxley it's 20 bucks but uh, one thing I will say, based on where they're at, kind of determines their production. But they're at the place where Nick Gage faced Matt Cardona. So, like, it should be very good quality. It should be uh, – the crowd should be great. Like, this should be a great show. That is one thing they need to figure out, though, across the board, is, like, there's really no excuse. And I don't know who to blame. I really don't. But, like – it's very strange to me that like there's always audio issues with GCW shows. 100%. Like like you can barely hear the entrance music, you can barely hear MLJ on the microphone, you can barely and like the commentary will get so much louder Super than loud. everything else and like yep. um and I just don't understand how dude did you by chance watch any of that BXS show? I on, couldn't. Did, I well, could. did you try to and like you couldn't because of the quality? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yep. what I was getting at. It was like I you know 
I mean, they had such bad quality issues that I, I still don't know who won between Eli Everfly and Starboy Charlie in the first match. Like, yeah. you know, like, and, and then they had to default to like what seemed almost like a, it was like a pixelated camera phone. It seemed like they were using for most of the shots and, you know, issues are going to happen. But when it's like, when it's like fight TV and like a major, major indie company and like a you know decent venue and stuff, I just don't understand how it's even possible for these things to, and here's the thing, like full disclosure, like, you know, we were given, we were given a code to watch the show. And the, the reason right. I'm bringing this up is because I'm not that mad because like, I didn't have to pay to watch the show, but if I would have paid like 15 or 20 bucks or whatever it was for that VXS show, I would have wanted my money back. Yep. You know, and like that, you don't want that happening. And that's not the wrestler's fault or the, even really the promoter's fault. That's on like whoever's in charge of the, the production. Yeah. Maybe the promoter to a degree for that, but you right. know what I mean. So it's like I just don't understand how you how you have those kind of problems. Not only especially that, especially like, for GCW. Remember the Davy Richards versus Jordan Oliver show? Like that that was pretty good. That went off pretty well, and everything yep. was fine. It had good production. And then like you go to another place like California, and you you might as well just not order a show if it's in California with VXS. Like they they just they can't get it right. So right. it's it's it, it is weird, but I've noticed that with GCW as well. I personally like I don't know about you, but like I love when Dave Prazak is doing commentary. Oh, he's great. He's great because to me, it's like it <clears throat> it makes it more serious. It doesn't make it just like this wild joke, and it it, it makes it feel like it's more valid. It's more of a real deal. Like it brings that ROH vibe to me. You know what yeah, I mean? He's way better than Kevin Gill. Like, way yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Kevin yeah. Gill. Like, personally, for me, I don't think you should be saying the F word on commentary. That's my opinion, just because I don't think that, like, like what I like so much, like, you remember in ECW? Like, I liked the contrast that Joey Styles was, like, Mr. Professional, but he's calling the most insane, hardcore stuff. And then, like, if you broke him, it was because there was merit to it. But if you're just like, man, this effing's awesome, and we're in the effing house, and F this and F that, it just, it comes across as amateur to me. Yeah, I don't mind it because I, because I, like, that's kind of the vibe that they're trying to get out there. Not that, I not agree. amateur, but, like, totally complete alternative. Right. But... I understand that you're not the only person to complain about that. Like I've, I've, I've seen quite a, quite a few people complain about that. I just feel like they're now at that point you're having countdown shows, which by the way, check out, I'll probably put the description or the link to that countdown show in the description box. Um, Cause it's definitely worth checking out, but like we're ramping the production. You're having countdown shows. You're, you're kind of taking that next step. You're having Mick Foley there. You're yeah. having a big announcement to me. It, ROH has left a huge void in independent wrestling. So if you're ready to take that mantle, then I recommend that they kind of make some steps to go a little bit more serious. Yeah. Well, like, you know, like you said, Dave Prezak, like, you know, he's been doing it like, for forever. Uh-huh. Like, like, I remember CM Punk doing shoot interviews when he was still in Ring of Honor and he was like yep. talking about Dave Prezak being like one of the best commentary guys. And that was like 15 almost 20, 20 years ago now, yep. um, which is wild. So, yeah, they got good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm very, very excited for the show. Very yeah. excited. And then I think the Sunday show will be solid as well. That's like a more, like, 
late afternoon show, I think. They also have um, the JCW show as well. That'll be on the, YouTube probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And those shows are always good too. Yeah. You know, um, I forgot about that. Is the JCW show on Saturday or Sunday? Uh, yeah, aren't they usually the first show? Usually, yeah. So then but I don't I, know how it's it'd probably be Saturday in the day. And then yeah. Saturday night would be Gage and Mox. So Saturday we've got GCW, potentially JCW. Um, Impact's running like a knockouts only special on their on their play. I'm I'm just saying it's it's happening as well. Do you have to do a um, five full watch along for that one? No, because that's Impact Plus. I don't have to do those. Oh, yeah, I do, I right. just I just do the pay-per-view. I'll gotcha. be on there two in two weeks for uh Impact for Glory. Hat, for Glory. I'll be on there for that. But uh, and then there's also the UFC, which is a really, really weak card. Oh my God, um, it's a week. Um, but then you also have the boxing. I mean, there's a. I mean, Saturday is just loaded with stuff. Yeah. Some some stuff much better than others on paper, yes. but like, I mean, it is a very full weekend. Like last weekend, there wasn't a whole lot of combat sports stuff. That's why I was spending my time watching Lamar Odom versus J Lo's ex husband. But this weekend is like. And, you know, Thiago Santos, you know, there was a boring fight, but, like, got back Terrible. to the win column. Then Kevin yeah. Holland got knocked out by a headbutt. Like, they're running that yeah. back November 13th now. I saw. That was bizarre. I'm glad they used instant replay for that, though. Like, they actually got yeah. it right. So. Yeah. Um, but the point is, like, last week was pretty weak when it came to – last weekend was pretty weak when it came to, you know – live stuff to watch and combat yep. sports but this weekend's the complete opposite there's a lot of great stuff or or not there's some really great stuff there's some stuff that doesn't look that great but like it's still there if you want to watch it yeah so for sure yeah it's good stuff and um on the gcw card you're gonna have effie versus cardona for cardona's yep. internet title well for effie's internet title yeah that's true um do you, do you think cardona's gonna win or lose I don't know. I really like what they've done with Effie with it, though. Like, because he is great on social media, and he's been, like, really parading that title around it. Oh, so. boy, he's driving Matt nuts. Um, I think Cardona's going to win. Yeah. What is Cardona putting on the line? Did, did they ever announce that? Yeah, so if he loses, he can never wrestle in GCW again. Interesting. Because I don't – I want Cardona to continue in GCW because I've oh. really, really liked his run there. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know, like, how much – there is for him to do there because he's not going to keep doing death matches. No. So like, I don't know what his, how he really fits in, in the future for them. I mean, there is Effie there. That makes sense. But yeah, I don't know how much more type guys he can wrestle. Yeah. Cause I mean, he could have good matches against people, but there aren't matches that like would really, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it'd be cool to watch him wrestle like a, you know, Starboy Charlie or someone like that. But, like, it's not, like, a, a match that, like, people are, like, clamoring for. No. Like, you know, no one... Um, that seems like an opener. <laughs> yeah. Or even, I mean, like... Dickinson. I mean, He could wrestle, like, a Dickinson. Yeah, or, like, AJ Gray. Oh, God, um, good luck. <laughs> that'd be sick. I love AJ, man. He is yeah. fun to watch. Brutal. But, um, but, I mean, if this was it for Matt Cardona, though, like, that is, like perfect run for him like from, from start to stop i mean i just the problem is is that cardona can't be found anywhere else dude the impact matt cardona is a it's completely brutal. different guy it's brutal yeah and, no, and with him with chelsea too it's just like uh, it's like it feels like just the same guy you see on podcast and everything else like i don't know yeah no i i 
completely agree. I talk about that on the weekender a lot for for Fightful. Like I almost every time I talk about Impact and, and Matt Cardona comes up, I it's the same thing where it's like if you could do the GCW, obviously we take like the deathmatch aspect out, but like right. just that character, like the guy who's going around, the guy who was fired from the WWE, but is like glorifying the WWE everywhere he goes. Like yeah. it's 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 genius what he's doing. That he has to make a figure with the Macho King stuff that he wore yeah. when he lost the title. Like yeah. that was genius stuff. Yeah. Like death match, death death match king. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. Like, and then he dressed up as Vince from ECW with the durag. He he's like hated just like Vince was. Like he's such a mark for the business, and like that that gives him so many options that he can go with. Like no telling what he's going to show up with on Saturday. Like he just does random stuff that you know. But. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know where he could possibly go from here with GCW, but at the same time, like, I think he's best off in GCW than anywhere else right now. But I so, do like, think, I think everything that Cardona has done with GCW has involved stakes. Like, yes, titles have been on the line and storyline and stuff like that. And I feel like GCW needs that. So I definitely think he's helped GCW. And I definitely think that they've helped him. So I think it's worked pretty well. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but it looks like Fandango's coming to GCW. And it looks like PCO is coming to GCW. So, um, man, I don't know, man. I don't. Sky's the limit for GCW. I don't know all what's going to happen, but uh, it's going to be interesting. But, like, if someone like Fandango comes in, like, he could absolutely wrestle Cardona in GCW if they wanted to do that. So, I don't know. So, so like, someone like PCO already fits, like, a glove there because, like, right. he already knows exactly what the fans are going to be expecting out of him to yep. do. Um, it'll be very similar to, you know, because he, he kind of had his big – not enough people credit him for it, but, like, Mikey Blanton, who runs Black Label Pro, yeah, he was really the guy who really, like – started the career resurgence of PCO because they had him wrestling. I think he wrestled like Ethan page on black label pro like pre spring break and all that. And then the yeah. inverse Walter was like the match yeah. that like really, but I don't think that match happens. Had he not been getting reps in it at black label pro doing this whole new PCO type character that he, you know, wound up getting him into ring of honor and everything. Right. But so it's basically like him coming home. He knows this audience. They know him. Well, but part like, of it too is like expectations, right? People are like, "Oh, you're gonna bring in the Quebecer to face Walter? Right. Like, who cares?" And then you're like, "Oh my god, this match is awesome!" So that, yeah, yeah it, that, that can definitely change things. But, but then Fandango, I think, is gonna be kind of the first example that we're gonna see that we kind of expected would happen of who's gonna kind of take the 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 kind of blueprint that Matt Cardona took yeah. and go okay, I've been pigeonholed as this, like, lower card guy. Yeah. A very gimmicky, very WWE. Like, what can I do to reinvent myself? Right. And, like, if you saw Fandango go in there with, like, Alice Cologne or something, like, it just, they just beat, you know, beat each other over the head with light tubes and, like, or, or Fandango versus Drew Parker or something. I mean, like, yeah, wow. that, that, would, that would be a way, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, no, if you it. want to think differently about Fandango, like, that, that'd be the way, it, that could be an interesting gimmick if he was still, like, the ballroom dancer guy, 
but then like when the bell rang, like he could actually have a death match. Like, yeah, that would be, that'd be a pretty interesting visual with him with like his like sequin stuff on, but just covered in blood. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, his real name's like Tony Curtis or something, right? Johnny Curtis. Well, his wrestling name was Johnny Curtis. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. I can't. I don't know what his if that's a shoot name or not. But yeah, so I don't. I don't know. But that, I do think that that one's interesting as well. But like on the card, Leo Rush is supposed to be there. Um, it's supposed to be Ninja Mac versus Alex Zane. Um, they have the. They have um, Warner and. Uh, Justice and AJ Gray versus like I think it's like uh, G Raver, uh, Alex Cologne, and Akira. Interesting. I love Akira. Yeah, it's Akira's um, GCW debut. They said or whatever. So he's KOBK like with my boys with yeah. Brett Ison and them. He's in that group. Um, so I'm really happy to see him in GCW finally because he's been killing it in like the death match like what I consider kind of like the IWTV deathmatch scene. He's been like right. killing it there for a while. Um, I've never been a big G-Raver guy. I don't think no, he's that I'm great. Not, I'm not a big fan of him either. But he, but I have to give him the credit. He has hit the only meteor, the only meteor I've ever liked in wrestling history. Um, I don't, you see his match with Jimmy Lloyd where he hit it. He hit him with a meteora through like, glass barbed wire fire chairs like thumbtacks like he hit him he hit him with a meteor through every weapon you could imagine and i was like all right that one looked pretty badass like yeah but but normally i don't like that move as a finisher i just I really for me don't. it's it's like this it's like if i can't picture you being very good without death match like without being in a death match then you probably i'm probably not going to be your biggest fan you know right. what i mean sure and people will be like, what about Nick Gage? But, like, I, I, I keep saying this, and people think I'm crazy, but, like, I think he has some Hulk Hogan into him, man. Like, he just knows how to work crowd. He's like, mm, and, like, he he knows how to, like, keep people involved. And, like, he, he can feel when a crowd dies, and he knows how to pick them back up. Like, he really controls the crowd. Yeah. So I, I think he could do that with weapons or without. Like, he knows he knows how to work. He knows how to get over and stay yeah. over. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, because yeah, they're as far as like deathmatch guys go, they're they're definitely out there. They there are certain guys that like, but but a lot of them, I think, no, I shouldn't say a lot of them. There are definitely guys that are, that are deathmatch wrestlers that like they're doing it out of necessity because like they just aren't that athletic or they're yeah. not like you know that's their way of like being involved and getting over and like having their spot. Um, but then there's certain guys like, uh, Drew Parker. Yeah. Like yeah, Drew he's Parker really to me, yeah. I was like, you don't have to do this, dude. Like you could right. do just regular wrestling. You'd be all right. Same with like, I mean like Matthew justice, like yeah. doesn't need to be taking chair shots to the head every match, but like, or you know, giving death Valley drivers <laughs> off balconies right. or yeah. whatever. Um, there's a guy I was about to mention, but probably shouldn't right now. But there, 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 there's a, there's a few that I'm like, you know, they really don't have to be doing this, but they are, and they love it, and they're doing it, but they just don't really have to. But then there are the guys that like just have to out of necessity, like they're, like for instance, I think Jimmy Lloyd's actually a lot better than I like. Like Jimmy Lloyd can wrestle, 
Like yeah. he actually, you know, but he, but so much of him and G Raver and stuff is based off the shock value of like, yeah, what are they gonna stab? Like, what body parts gonna get stabbed by a syringe this time? It's like, but like when I went to Loco Wrestling and Jimmy Lloyd was the main event versus some guy that's just, I mean, just ridiculous. Like they put their bodies through craziness, right? But like literally nobody cared. No stakes. Nobody really cared who they were facing. They were just doing spot after spot, and people were just ready to go home, like, during the match. Like, like They had that good one with Chris Carter. No, I'm, and I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, like it, the, the idea of just doing, like, a death match just to do a death match doesn't always work. Like, sure. people need to be invested in, in it, the storyline. That's why, to me, I thought Cardona and Gage was so amazing. Stakes were high. It was such a crazy atmosphere. Like it, Cardona it, ran away when Gage hit, broke a light tube over his own head. He was like, yeah, "Never mind, I'm out of here." You know, like they told such a great story. Like literally, that's one of my favorite matches of the year by far. Like I thought, just the whole feud. It's one of my favorite feuds of the year. Like it was, it was amazing. Yeah, when that that's what's so cool about this weekend too is like probably my one of my favorite moments of the entire year was Moxley coming out at the end of the GCW show for the collective after Gage had beat RSP for the title. And yeah. it's like Mox is in GCW and he's head to head with with Nick Gage. And it's been months since then. That was back yep. in like May or something, or I can't uh, remember. Or I guess April, April, April yeah, for WrestleMania. So so now we're in October. Yep. And like now the payoff is happening. Yep. But it's been built like, and it was ex- the build was extended through the Matt Cardona stuff. Like that was a real blessing in disguise that Cardona yep. was available and wanting to do this. Bought them time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cause that it was, they were able to basically progress Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, or sorry, versus John Moxley. When John, when John Moxley wasn't there, they basically just used Cardona in his spot to like keep yep. it moving. And so, not only that, like, um, if they did this, normally Nick Gage would be champion, but Moxley's the champion because he yeah. was able to beat Cardona without actually having to beat Nick Gage or anything like that to set this thing up. Who do you think wins, Cardona or Gage? Or sorry, Gage or Moxley? I think Ma, I think Gage is going to win. Yeah, I but just kind of. I have a hard time, man. I don't know. I don't know. I just i I feel like you're gonna have to absolutely kill Moxley to have him lose, and I I don't know. I'm almost nervous for both of them. Like, I, and the thing is, too, is John has put on like probably what twenty pounds. Like he's gotten so much bigger, and I, I just think that like you know, Gage is like walking wounded like he's like stiff as a board and he's you know like i man i don't know i'm 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 worried about his safety in this one see it's it's interesting because it all depends on kind of where they're going to go from there like yeah because if if so you know year years back you know gage was the champion for like i mean like two or three years straight for gcw like he had a long title run and I don't think they're ever going to do that again, especially because I don't know if Gage can like can handle 
I mean, I don't know. I, I, I say he can handle, he can handle anything, but you know what I mean? Like if you're the champion, you have to re- regular, regularly wrestle. And like, you've seen what he looks like after shows and stuff like that. And, you know, so, but so I, I guess it's kind of at a point where like, I mean, the big, the big story for, you know, for those of you who didn't kind of weren't following at the time, Gage's super long title run was ended by AJ Gray, but it was ended because RSP and 440 got involved and AJ Gray won without knowing that like he had been helped. Like he, you know, he was a baby face as well. Yeah. And so AJ Gray won the title, but then right after that, RSP challenged him for it on the same night and won the title. And then there was like 18 months where Gage was trying to get a, a match for that belt that he never lost against RSP. So after 18 months, it culminated with Nick Gage defeating RSP at RS Spring Break during the collective this year. But then from there, it was like, so where are they going to go from here? And that's and you immediately got the 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 Moxley stuff. Yeah. So we know all of this up to this point, but kind of where my head's at is like. I don't think we're ever going to see another like super long Nick Gage title run because I think there's kind of a lot more interest in him either chasing the title or like popping up another promotion and stuff like that where you don't necessarily need to be the champion. So my whole thing is like if if Gage beats Moxley, which I, I if I had to pick a winner, I would I would predict Gage to to win the title for Moxley. Right. If he does within the next within the next probably month or two probably the next big fight tv show i think atticus cover will beat nick gage for the title like they're going they're going to pull the trigger on atticus like it's coming like they're finally teasing that like him and 440 are like he's pretty much like not even associated with those guys now and like he's going off on his own ricky shane page basically say that he's done with hardcore wrestling as well yeah and yeah. when, you know, RSP is getting more reps with AEW and like, yeah. who knows, he might be going there and he's got a lot of good friends there that are vouching for him. And like, so I think, I think Atticus's time is coming for G in GC. What about it? What about Alex Cologne and an AJ Gray though? So Alex Cologne, I could also, I mean, Atticus is going to need challengers if yeah. this happened. Um, Alice Cologne, I was actually pretty shocked when Drew Parker beat him because Cologne has been so protected as like pretty much an unbeatable deathmatch wrestler. Well, and he was um, supposed to get the the match with Nick Gage in Dallas, and they had to pull him after the Houston match. Good, good call. Yeah. So I, so I think that there are plans for Alice Cologne to be in that mix, but I don't know. I mean, he could wind up being the champion at some point. And AJ Gray. I'm always for AJ Gray, you know, getting a push and doing big things. Um, and I'd love to see that, but um, I just don't, I just, I just really, I've been saying it for a while, but I really, I really feel, I know you're not the biggest Atticus fan, but, but for, for that fan base and their stories and like the long-term yeah. storytelling, like he really is the next guy up. So. I mean, especially if you're in, if for death match, right. Like, um, I just know when I see an Atticus match, I'm going to see some some brutal stuff. Yeah. Like they, they, it's a it's a it's pretty gory. Like it's not going to be for the weak at heart. So, um, and he's a young kid too. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's going to be hard though, right? Because Nick Gage is like they're Austin. You know what I mean? Like to move on from that is going to be a 
a hard transition. Plus, if you're bringing in Moxley as well. Uh, well that, that's where I'm a little torn, too, is like, because Gage, with the amount of buzz GCW has and the amount of buzz Nick Gage has, like, they also kind of do need to capitalize on that. You know, it's almost like yeah. they do need him to be the champion again for a little while. Yeah. like, Or would you do Moxley beating Gage and then losing to Atticus? That's possible too, but but it would depend because there's like so much story between four four zero and Gage that could play out. But I think if I think if Atticus was to beat Moxley Ford, it would have to almost be the same kind of way RSP won the title, where like Gage and Moxley have this a complete war, and then somehow Atticus like gets a title shot right away, like like right out like Moxley's got to be dead. I I just don't see Moxley losing to Atticus straight up. I just yeah, but. But I can see Gage losing to Atticus straight up because they have such a year's worth of history with 440 versus versus Gage that like I think there's ways that they could they could do that with Atticus winning and, and Gage still being protected. I just don't see I, I'm not saying that Atticus shouldn't beat John Moxley. I'm just I just don't see him beating him just like straight up. I just I just can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff going on this weekend. Like, this is a big show. This will be kind of a pretty telling of what they're going to be doing in the future. Especially, you know, you have a huge announcement. You have Mick Foley there. Leo Rush is coming back. Marco Stunt is on the card. Um, you know, Ninja Mac versus Alex Zane, which should be great. Uh, there's... There's... Uh, Cardona and Effie, like this is this is a big deal for them. So I'm really hoping it uh, does well and kind of see where they go from there. Yeah, yeah. I'd I hate mean, I'd I hate mean. for them to just like peak and then fall off. You know what I mean? Like hopefully they have enough building blocks to where they can always keep people's interest. I hope that their announcement is that the GCW Championship is going to get defended on AEW. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily what it's going to be, but I hope it's something to that level where it's like. Well, if Moxley wins, then that could definitely happen for sure. I, I mean, but he ha- he hasn't brought the belt with him since, but he did wear nope. the, sh- the sweatshirt and stuff. Yeah, like I, and I, I, I don't, think I don't know if Tony would love that, honestly, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know, I and I don't necessarily necessarily you know, think that'll be the announcement, but I hope it's something to that level where it's. Whatever it is, I hope it's something that's going to get a lot more exposure for the brand of GCW. Yeah. But without compromising what makes GCW GCW, which I don't think Lauderdale would do. Right. Um, but when I hear big announcement, I start defaulting to like, you know, more distribution. That's yep. like where my head goes. And with that comes a lot of potential problems for people that aren't familiar with what this is. Yep. Um, but they've been. They've been pretty damn smart about, I mean, outside of the IWTV stuff, which I, I just hate that for everyone involved because I love IWTV and I love GCW. But outside of those bonehead moves that were made, you know, between those platforms, GCW has been, uh, they've been, you know, hitting home runs with all with everything that they've done uh, in the yeah. last year or whatever. I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I'm super, I'm super stoked for the show this Saturday. Like, I mean, I, like you said, I think it's going to be their biggest show ever. And I think it'll do better numbers than anything non WWE or AEW related. Like I think they're gonna they'll they'll smoke viewership numbers for uh, for MLW's Fightland, and that's gonna be on Vice TV. I mean, I, I guarantee you more people wind up watching GCW than uh, MLW. 
down. Yeah, it's supposed to be like right after Dark Side of the Ring, which is yeah. smart. Very smart. But, but I mean, you're going against Thursday night football, the Rams versus the Seahawks. Like this is DVR stuff here. And in the and it happened over the weekend. Like so it's it's yeah. like I don't live like that's such a miss by them. Battle Riot was the same way. And Battle Riot was even worse because that was like two weeks after it was it was taped. Like Yeah, and then not only that, they taped TJP versus Davey and all those matches that they're airing now, like during Battle Riot. Right. So I mean you're talking months yeah. before they started showing some of this stuff. For sure. So yeah, it's uh, they, they need how they're doing it. They need to figure that out with MLW. MLW has a great roster. They they have a they have a really good show in my opinion. It's just they got. We're living in a day and age where you gotta be, you gotta be live. You just have did to. Did you did you catch Dark Side of the Ring at all? Yeah, I watched all of them. Did you watch the the newest one, the FMW one? Mm-hmm. I I thought it was really interesting. I I didn't know a ton about all that stuff, and uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, one thing I picked up, well, not one thing, but like some of the stuff that I picked up on, I had no idea the, the, like why Moxley comes out to wild thing. Oh yeah. It's Onita's song. Yeah. It's Onita's song. Like after getting cleaned up from a death match, they would play wild thing. Um, and it was just like this, like emotional thing for everybody. And like, I didn't know that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, um, the exploding barbed wire death match was almost the exact same finish of Onita and Terry Funk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like with him covering him and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was like his arch rival, but like he loved him in the also and like he didn't want to leave him there. And it's like with Eddie Kingston, like they didn't fight in the match, but Eddie Kingston came out to save Moxley after they had had their pay per view match or whatever. When an uh, FMW, the ring actually exploded. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a Fourth of July firecrackers. Um, yeah. So um, no, that's a yeah. episode. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. And then they gave the whole company a freaking ring announcer. Like that was wild. Yeah. Tragic yeah. Hayabusa stuff. Like there's there's so many people that look up to Hayabusa too. Like he was such a like. Uh, uh, not role model, but whatever. Like there's, there's a lot of people that got into wrestling or their favorite wrestlers, Hayabusa. And it's just so sad the way his career ended. I'll definitely say this. Like I have seen that, that botch like hundreds of times of him landing on his head, but I yeah. didn't know, I didn't know that that paralyzed him. And then it just I didn't either. I had no I idea. I've, I've seen the clip. Like I said, a trillion times, but well, I, didn't I didn't see like after the clip where they're all like yelling his name and hoping he me can either. I've just seen him land on move. his head. Yeah. Like that was yeah. rough, but yeah. like stuff like that, like uh, another thing I found interesting too, is how the Yakuza was involved. And it's like the Yakuza was involved in pride. Yep. Like they, you really, really used to run Japan. Like, if you wanted to book venues and anything like that, like, you had to go through the Yakuza because they basically own the buildings. Well, that that's what I really liked about them explaining that because, obviously, anyone who followed MMA back then, like, we all know the whole Pride Yakuza ties and how yeah. that affected, you know, the UFC continuing Pride or Zufa continuing Pride and all that. Remember when, like, Dana wouldn't even go near Japan? Because, yeah. like, the Yakuza was, like, waiting for him. Like, yeah. I won't go there. Like, nope, we're not going to Japan. For sure. Like, And, like, when he bought Pride and all that, like, he's like, yep, we're not going to Japan. Yeah. 
but and but I I didn't realize that it had so much. I mean, it makes sense, obviously, but I didn't realize how much it had to do with the actual buildings. Like that yeah, was actually really interesting for, to, to hear them explain that. And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense because obviously the Yakuza could be involved in a number of ways, considering their power and stuff. Well, and um, it's also like, why would you want to work with them? But like to book a venue, exactly. Makes sense, you know what I mean? Like exactly. you, you kind of have no choice. Yeah, you get the Saitama Super Arena. I wonder if like New Japan has had that problem. I, I'm sure they had. Yeah, I'm sure they, they have. have. I, don't, I don't think the Yakuza is as big of a deal as it was back then, but like I'm sure that they ran into those issues. Well, they probably still get a cut of everything. They just isn't as like threatening. It's just kind of like they, you know what I mean. The Yakuza just probably got their hand in everything just quietly at this point. I don't. Or know I, should, I don't. I'm just speculating, by the way. I don't know. I don't know a about ton it. about the Yakuza at this point. Like I don't know if they're still a big deal. If they've just like been arrested and they're died down, or like I don't. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of it that's like they're not as powerful as they used to be, but I can't just see them like completely going away either. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was a good Dark Side episode. Uh, the but next like, that's what I like from Dark Side of the Ring. I like stories that are told that like we didn't know a lot about, but it's not like trying to assassinate people's character and and stuff like that, and like trying to be shady and like I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in like exploiting things to make a story look worse or bad or whatever. Like that, I'm not cool with that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. So, but yeah, I have the tomorrow night's episode. I don't know which one it is, but I think it's, it was it's someone about the guy about. that does like the bank robberies and he is actually a felon and like, but he was a wrestler and he was like managed by Jim Cornette at one point. Stuff like oh, that. Oh, that'll be interesting to hear Jim Cornette talk about that. Yeah, no, that's another, that's a story that I don't know anything about. So uh, those are the ones that I honestly like the most are the ones that I'm not that informed about and I get to learn about the story than the ones that are like, I pretty much know everything about it and you're adding a little salt to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, I know we're wrapping up, but just speaking of Jim Cornette, it is very refreshing and interesting because like he's definitely been saying a lot more like positive stuff about AEW lately. Yeah. Like he's still, you know, doing his thing and doing his gimmick and like hating on the stuff that he's known to hate on, but he's, he's, you know, you listen to his show and he's, you can, you can tell he definitely doesn't hate AEW to the level he lets on. Like he 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 wants that company to succeed. He just gets frustrated. I, I think another thing too. I think another thing too is like I think Tony Khan respects his opinion more than people know. Yeah, I think that like yeah, Lambert's him. There's some <laughs> things that I think that like Cornette has complained about that Tony Khan is taken seriously. And I bully Ray also hammered Tony Khan about the referee stuff. And I mean, you, let's be honest, like the tag matches have definitely cleaned up more. There's a lot more tags. They're not like always in the ring. And like, you can tell that there's been subtle changes to make it more serious. And I feel like a guy like CM Punk like, I don't know if he would do stuff with Orange Cassidy. Like, the the kicks and stuff like that. Like, Punk is kind of an old soul. And Dude, so, get out of here. That Sting was doing it. I agree. 
I agree. But CM I, Punk, I, fighter extraordinaire, is above doing Orange Cassidy stuff. I I think so. No, I because I, I, he's he's the one that says like wrestling kind of needs a kick in the dick and like there's things that I'm seeing that I don't like and stuff like that. Like I could see him being like I'm not doing that goofy crap. Like he's the one yeah. that that gave Kevin Steen crap for wearing a t-shirt in the ring. He's the one that like you know like. He's he's kind of like wrestling needs to be this way, especially like, I mean, he worships Harley Race. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. feel like if Orange Cassidy comes up to him and gives him those kicks, he's going to look him dead in his eye and not play with him. Like, well, he's going to be like, I'll stiff you an elbow. That's one thing I've definitely noticed with like Punk on commentary. He's calling out like not turning your back to the, your opponent and yep. like you know, all this stuff, like, you know, not letting up on people when you're ahead and like making yep. good covers and like, yep. so I, I get what you're saying, but it's also one of those things where I'm like, if Tony Khan wants to book Orange Cassidy and CM Punk and Orange Cassidy wants to do his stuff, if CM Punk refused that, I'd be like, all right, you can go. Like, yeah. like, I, like I, sorry, I, bro. Like, I'm just saying like, like, like I, Stig's doing it, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, and I agree with that to a certain extent, but like, ah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not saying he's above Sting. I just think yeah. that Sting at, at, at this stage in his career is a little bit more open to doing things. And I think Punk is still at the level where he wants to take this pretty serious. And I just don't know if he would do it. Yeah, I could no, be wrong. I, no, I he totally could totally do it. But he's he seems like an old soul. And honestly, I liked him on commentary. I thought I thought he did well. And I thought that he really brought focus into the matches and things like that. Like – uh I thought he did really well for the Sammy Guevara match. Um, so yeah, and Jungle Boy and uh, Adam Cole. So yeah, I, I I liked it. Yeah, same here. Yeah, good stuff. All right, man. Well, I think that wraps it up. Um, like I said, we have a killer weekend ahead of us. Um, by the way, like what happened with the Vikings? I saw the Browns weren't uh, doing so well. Like Baker Mayfield was playing pretty bad. So what happened? So um, Dalvin Cook short. went out, right? Yeah, he didn't play most of the game. Okay. Um, he came in at the end. Um, the Vikings looked incredible the first drive of the game. Went yeah. was marched downfield and scored. Touchdown. Um I would have already fired Mike Zimmer if I if I was in charge. Yeah. Um it's getting to that point. If they lose to the Lions this week, they gotta get rid of him. Um and you know me, I'm not ever advocating people losing their jobs. When Do it comes to this, a- it's like do you have anybody like a assistant coach or somebody that you would like to take over as the head coach? Yeah, Kevin Stefanski, who beat us on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that, he's kind of out of it. Yeah. Like no, right I, now, no, it really is. It's like it's like Kubiak's kid. It's like like right now, if we fired Mike McCarthy, I mean, it is Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore immediately, yeah. and we we love them both. So it's like you name one, you pick it. We yeah. got it. See, for us, like. I don't know if uh, if Rick Spielman has the skill set or not, our general manager, but like that's that's what's frustrating too about this. Rick Spielman has done a fantastic job of getting talent, talent. yeah, but the coaching has been it's just been bad. Like, I mean, and that's a big part of it. Like, the defense isn't playing as good as they should, but like Zimmer, Zimmer looks half checked out when he's out there too. Yeah. It's like it's like he knows he's on borrowed time. Like, it, yeah. And the and the real sad thing is, Kirk Cousins could he have played better on this past Sunday? Sure, but like, 
the issues they're having, like all the people who talk trash about Kirk Cousins, <clears throat> it's always the same thing where it's like he isn't clutch or he isn't he's immobile and all these things. And it's like, yeah, we, we know these things. But like when he gets protection, he throws beautiful passes like so it's our offensive line isn't protecting him at all. Like he's it's almost like the guy should be taking the snap like three feet farther back from where he's taking it or something, because like you pretty much just have to guarantee every play that it's going to be hike. And then the, the defense is right on Kirk and he's just got to make a decision as fast as possible. Um, And he's not good at making decisions like very quickly, unfortunately, but I think he's a great quarterback and we have a great team, but it's been, it's been mismanaged and we're, Two of our losses literally came down. Well, actually, even this loss came down to the last play of the game, pretty much. We threw a pass into the end zone. We had some calls not go our way. You can't always blame that, but like so it's been a it's been a cocktail of of problems, but most of them boil down to the coaching. So it's like that that's where I'm at with it. They they need to beat the Lions this Sunday. And if they don't, they gotta because here's the big problem. This is the last thing I'll say about it, because I'll be talking forever. But like the 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 big Let problem, it out, Steve. Well, the big problem they're going to run into very soon is like Kirk is there through next season, no matter what. At this yeah. point, and they got to pay him through next season, no matter what. I think that Kirk is is our guy going forward. Like I don't think the problem is him at all. But if they get rid of Zimmer, and if if Spielman's jobs on the line, or general manager, which is probably yeah. is as well because of all yeah. this. They might totally go to total rebuild mode. Yeah. And you have Kirk for one more year, but you would probably wind up sitting him next year and playing Kellen Mond or whoever we think that the successor is going to be. And then, but, but there's so many problems that can come of all this because, like, Kirk, if Kirk keeps playing well, because either way, he's going to go into free agency after next year. He's been a genius about getting these, these deals in free agency. So, like, He's just in this. It's, it's just a really interesting position for everybody. It's like either, either Kirk's going to keep doing what he's doing. He's going to be our quarterback this year and next year. But we have to be winning. If we lose, he's probably going to get benched next year, so we can get someone new ready, and then he's going to get paid and play somewhere else the following year. So, like, I I don't know. I just don't know. The, the team's either going to be like Super Bowl contender because we're going to get our shit together, or they're going to be completely gutted. So like it's really not one or the other. It's, it's going to be one of the, those two extremes. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 frustrating for sure. Yeah, um, I could see that. One thing though that stands out to me is most people are viewing the Arizona Cardinals as the best team in the league, and you guys would have beat them with a normal field goal kicker. Like yep. it would have you would have beat the best team in the league. So. It, it, it's not all doom and gloom for you. Like you're you're playing tough teams too. Yeah, but like, it did, literally three of the games have come down. All three of our losses were within one play. Yeah, I mean, because even the even the play for this Sunday, it was a pass. You know, a deep pass to the end zone by Kirk Cousins. And but <laughs> when the game went off air, I looked on Twitter, and all these people are are showing video of Adam Thielen clearly getting pass interfered in the end zone. And that's who the ball was intended for. Yeah. And apparently the same exact thing happened last week in one of the games. And it was called pass interference, the same exact thing. So it's like, 
that play, we should have had the ball on the one yard line with the chance to tie the game. Right. And then the game before that was a missed field goal. Um, and the game before that was like the same kind of, we, we lost, we, the first game was, was Dalvin cook fumbling when we could have just kicked a field goal and one second game was missing a field goal to lose the game. And then this one was a pass interference that didn't get called on the last play. So it's like, just, yeah, but yeah, we're like three, three plays away from being four and oh, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's frustrating as hell. Tell you what, Steven, I'm about to act a damn fool because my team is on fire. You shouldn't say that. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Forget Jinxon. Forget it. Like, we are good. Like, it's not like I haven't felt this good. Jack will never team. get hurt. I haven't felt this good about my team in so long. Like, good for you, man. We have so much depth. We have, like, like, our starting right tackle is out, and we put our seventh round or seventh round pick or our, our undrafted free agent Terrence still in there. No problems. We don't even notice he's gone. And our number one pass rusher is gone, and we put rookie Micah Parsons in there, and the guy turned out to be Von Miller. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And our corner, Trey, Trayvon Diggs, has yeah. five interceptions in four games. And little did I know he's got the hands of his brother. So it's like, it, it's just, everything is going well. Zeke looks amazing. We're turning back the clock. We got so much depth at linebacker. We just said, Hey, Jalen, take care pal. Like we are, we are rolling. I yeah. am, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd be, I would be also if I was you. It's been a long, yeah. it's been a long, uh, it's been a long ride here. But, you know, forget about winning the division. I want the NFC. That's where I'm at now. Like, we're going to win the division. The division's ours. That thing is – this thing is wrapped. Division sucks. But, yeah, you guys look good, though. But you you have the benefit of having a shitty division as well. Absolutely. So, it's a wrap. We're going to go to the playoffs. And that then it's just about who we're going to face. And it's either the Rams, Tampa, Arizona, Green Bay – I'll take any of them. Like I feel confident because the great thing is no matter what you do, you can't stop us. You can't stop us passing. You can't stop us running. If you want to load the box, we'll pass. If you want to bring that safety back, we'll run all day. Like it. And the thing is now is Zeke doesn't have the pressure to carry the whole load and Pollard will just take over if he needs to. Like it's just this, it's just becoming this unstoppable punch. And Dak is just, Man, he's played out of his mind recently. I'm just so happy for him. I mean, he's no nobody in the NFL over the last couple of seasons has proven they're worth more than him. Like where the team is without him versus where they are with him. Like totally. That's why I like the Bears to me. It's like you see how great that receiving core is, and you're like, Andy Dalton couldn't do anything with them. And you're gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna sign Andy Dalton making my starter what are you talking about like that's nonsense i mean i'll take that all day for them uh, yeah, yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> like, Andy Dalton, go for it you're gonna notice a big difference between him and kirk cousins i'll tell I you mean, that that's one silver lining of this too is like the season's still young the nfc north like the lions aren't good the bears aren't good and the yeah. packers like they're like one argument from aaron rod with aaron Rodgers away from like you know, who knows? I will yeah. say this. The Lions are bad, but they fight. 
So like, yeah. if you allow them to stay in that game, they're going to stay in that game. Cause that, that head coach is making them fight. Like they're a bad team, but I mean, they almost beat the Ravens. The Ravens had to kick a freaking 66 yard field goal to win that game. So yeah, Justin Tucker's the man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's been my fantasy kicker like every year for the past ten years. Like, yeah, I mean yeah, it's still Mr. reliable. I so. pick him fairly early. I think I'm way earlier than anyone. You have to, ever pick a kicker. You're not going to get him. But he, dude, he puts up more points than like most of my roster sometimes because yep. just because we have it set up to where like you know you get three for thirty plus four for forty plus five right. for fifty plus yada yada. So when he goes out there and puts it's a sixty six yarder, like that's I mean that's big points. That's um, touchdown. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I mean, the Vikings have a they have a way of just no matter what, like the other team's always in it and they just they, they it's weird like they play different. Like when when the game where Alexander Madison started instead of Cook when he was hurt, you know, a game ago. Half the game we're throwing screens to Madison and it's working. Like why are we not doing that with Dalvin Cook? It makes no sense. Like yeah. like we're like we could be running these same plays with a better running back. Right. And like we just don't in do space. it. In space. In space. Yeah. It, it, the game will be on the line and our, our back, I get it. Cause like, they're going to pass the ball. Like I get it, but like Amir Abdullah is in the whole drive and it's yeah. like, so you have Dalvin cook. Like what, what is this? Like, you know, I, so, you know, it's just they're incredibly questionable decisions. And I'm just hoping it doesn't get to a point where like Justin Jefferson and these guys like start wanting out cause they're not winning and stuff. Like, the only loyal person you're going to have on that whole team is going to be Adam Thielen because he grew up next to the stadium. Like, he's the only one who's, like, going to be there no matter what because he's a lifelong Vikings fan. But, yeah. like, it's – yeah, anyways, that's – that's. hopefully they well, win on Sunday. Uh, hopefully. I think you will. I think you're going to win. And like I said, the, once again, the only silver lining there, if we lose, Zimmer's gone. That's yeah. kind of something that's – I'm very salty about them picking him over Stefanski. Like when, when, when they gave Zimmer that extension, I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, well, here's my thing. I'm not saying, you know, calm down, but if we do, when, when I won't even say it, but if we do, right. Like we're going to lose Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, who are our two best coaches by far. Because you can't fire Mike McCarthy. He just won the big one, right? But know, like, he's the worst coach. He's in not. He's <laughs> not the reason why we're winning. Like it's just so. Yeah. That's why I'm just like we have to win this this year. Like there is no next year. This is the year we have to win because, like, our coaches are gone. I know that Kellamore will be a head coach. Uh, Quinn will be a head coach. Like this is it. So. Yeah, the Urban, the Urban Meyer stuff was pretty funny. Yeah, that turned out to be rough. Tony Khan's not having a good week with that one. <laughs> That's the whole thing. He's going to quit. Urban Meyer's going to quit. He's not going to last. Dude, I'm going to trigger some people by saying this, and I'm just going to – this is the last thing. I'll, I'll say I'll say this first. Be sure to watch uh, or watch along on Saturday. Uh, we're going to be watching Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, you know – Follow me on social media at fight talk underscore college football is the most pathetic white trash. Oh, no. Just <laughs> dude, 
I'm telling you, anyone who oh, is God. all these people, like Urban Meyer and like uh, Lane Kiffin and like all, yeah, dude, yeah. screw all of these guys. Yeah, screw them all. Screw all of these guys. Like you're you're managing kids, and you cannot do it when it comes to adults. There are levels to this. Oh if wow! You're, if I'm just saying, there is. Have you like, did, uh, Matt Rule's done okay for the Panthers? Every now and then, college. every now and then, someone will transcend. Yeah, but like even like. But you're talking about those superstars. Yes, that's what I'm – I'm not saying everybody who likes college football is is trash. But my point is, like, that stuff gets so overhyped. Right. There is such a difference in talent between the NFL and college football. It's not – it is night and day. And you have grown men who don't listen to you like college kids do. It is – it is – it's almost two different sports. Yeah. It's that that night and day. And, like – these guys, these these cocky like SEC type coaches and stuff like Urban Wire and stuff that get all up in their own hype because they can manage kids who play against kids. But like then it comes to actual big boy sports, they suck. Yeah. So sorry, that's how I feel about it. Like, like for me, like I I picture like Mike McCarthy eating a Subway sandwich and having like half of the the dressing hanging down his chin and he has like an olive on his shirt and he's <laughs> explaining the offense and Dak is looking all confused and then like he leaves and then like Kellen Moore comes in and makes sense out of all of it and then they're just <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. Like that's what I think we got going on right now. Yeah, and we're going to let the guy that explains it all. Because, like, the crazy thing is, is Kellen was our quarterback. And we got him from Detroit because Scott Linehan was um, the coordinator there. And when he went to Dallas, he picked up Kellen Moore off the practice squad. And Dak was third string under Kellen Moore. So it was Romo, Kellen Moore, and Dak. Romo broke his back. Kellen Moore broke his leg and Dak was able to get the start. And it, and then after that, Kellen Moore retired and became his quarterback coach, then was promoted to offensive coordinator. So like Dak and Kellen are like this because they've been together the entire time. And we're going to break that up for fat slob Mike McCarthy, who doesn't know time management if it bit him in the ass. Who had the incredible luck of managing Aaron Rodgers for all those years. Like, that's why he was so successful in Green Bay. He had a stacked team. Oh, like, 100%. It wasn't him at all. And oh, like no. like Michael Jung is saying in the chat, it's like this has Nick Saban leaving in the middle of the night for Alabama vibes. That's what I'm talking about with these college coaches. Like, like Lane Kiffin giving all these kids promises. Like, hey, play for me for four years and then just bailing the first chance he gets. Like, and then going to the Raiders and just sucks. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, these it, it is just such – it is – I mean, gr- granted, if you're into college football, I get it. Like, I, I went to college. You know, I went to a small school, Georgia Southern. I really like watching their football and stuff. Like, I get it. I get the, 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 the family lineage of people who go to these big schools and they go to the games and they tailgate and all this stuff. But – they're also the same kind of people who like will literally fist fight other people over like schools they didn't even go to. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're a big UGA fan. That's cool. When did you graduate from UGA? Oh, you never went there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I deal with it so often in the South, dude, like people literally fighting each other over college sports for schools they never even attended. So well, like George is really good this year. So. No, which I'm I'm glad that they are, but they won't win the national championship. They never do, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hear it all all year why they should have won the national championship, but didn't. Like, 
but once again, that's what I'm saying. It's like these people get so invested in this and think these people are like so much better than they are. And then like they wind up in the NFL and just completely suck. Yeah. Yeah. I um, agree. I yeah. Think I think Urban Meyer's going. Yeah. He wants out for sure. Cause it wasn't, oh. wasn't a big part of that. Like he, he didn't travel home with the team and he was doing that instead. Well, apparently he owns a restaurant there or something. So he just went to his restaurant, but no, he didn't travel with the team. He had to apologize to the team. And they said that like, he, they laughed at him when he walked out, <laughs> like he's lost the team. And, and then like, Shab Khan was like, you know, this is unacceptable and he's got a lot to clean up or something like that. Like in this statement, like it is over and he hasn't won a game. Like forget all that. He hasn't even won a game. Oh, you know, you're telling me that uh, taking a, a kid who uh, with Trevor Lawrence, is that yeah, number one overall? Yeah. So. It's this is it would take too long, dude. Like these 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 call these, these college coaches, like they come in and like they he took a team that should be pretty much only running the football, yeah. and they're like, oh well, these these tricks from college are gonna work. Let me show you with our number one overall pick. Yeah, how's that working out? Like yeah. the guy guys complete deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like because guess what? Grown men are running after you, not eighteen year old boys. Like it's a completely different thing. He tried to have Tim Tebow be tied in. Yeah, he tried to bring Tim Tebow in, who statistically speaking is the worst quarterback in NFL history. And by the way, has never played tight end before and like almost made the team playing tight end. The only reason they got rid of him was because he it went viral how bad he was. Like, right. like the clips of him getting just not knowing how to block and stuff. But like yep. but that's that's the whole thing. Like I get college football can be exciting. I, I totally get it, but it's like there's it's just such a it is such a different thing to me. Like I agree. But I'm not the biggest fan of college football. I get into college football when I look into draft, like when I'm starting to watch the players and stuff like that of who we're going to draft. That's when I look into college football. But like, I don't really watch on Saturdays or anything. Yeah, I don't think my marriage could take it. I can't. I can't watch wrestling on Wednesdays, football on Thursdays. You know, uh, wrestling on Friday, Saturday, college all day, Sunday, football all day, like. There, there would be no way. So I gotta, I gotta pick and choose my battles. All right, man, we're gonna call it a night. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't, please hit that like button. Please subscribe, share this out, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed the content, hit that like button, help us out, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Skull Vikings. <laughs>